good to be back home. I love the smell of ale and drunk people. And well, hello again, dear listeners. Welcome back to the next episode of Grimlord, the lore podcast for all your Warhammer fantasy and Age of Sigmar needs. This is your dwarven host, Gerald, once again, finally back home with my flesh and clothes on. And here is Rayway coming to hopefully teach me about the wonderful world of Warhammer fantasy and not some crazy crap from our recent warp jump. Yeah, that was that was really weird. Remind me never to mix uh, uh, warp stone with ale or um, decide to make an unsolicited uh, warp jump. <laughs> yep. Uh, speaking of ale. Hey, bartender, give me a pint of Fenrisian. What do you mean uh, yes. we're out? Damn it. <laughs> Fine, give me the strongest stuff you got. I feel like I'm going to need it for tonight. Oh, speaking of ale, ale is quite important in this episode, actually. <gasps> Could it be? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to make you wait for the stundies. Oh, the suspense is killing me. Yeah, no, it's not the stundies today. Sorry to everyone who was hoping for... Uh, a Stunties episode. However, starting from this episode onwards, whenever this episode gets released, or rather when this episode is um, done recording, rather, just a little plug to our uh, Patreon, um, we're going to be starting doing Patreon requested episodes. So those who don't know, I'm going to be putting on the Patreon, I'll be putting up a uh, poll where depending on your tier of Patreon you are, you'll be your vote will be worth a certain amount of um, points, rather. And those will determine what episode I will be covering next. Jill will not be allowed to witness those votes on his Dwarven honor. Yes? Yes, yes. Very good, very good. Now, because it takes because they take a week to write an episode, I will actually be writing scripts for the top three because I'll be putting up four options just to, you know, hedge my bets and make sure that, you know, I don't, I'm not covering something. I don't have, like, you know, a couple, like, a day and a half to write a script. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a little shameless plug to our patrons out there. Naturally, you do, you, you're part of the one, you're part of the first tier, your, your votes for one point. Second tier, two points, three votes for a third tier, you know, as, as it makes sense. So all the good stuff. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Of course, of course. Oh, and speaking of Patreon and other bonuses, let's see, given the time of recording, we are at the beginning of October, which means our book club is officially over for the month. So if you have not read Shoal Slayer, um, one, shame on you. Two, get ready for a book club episode to come out at some nondescript time in the future whenever we yeah. are able to do that and not fight off Skaven. Of course, of course, of course. Speaking of, um, I still I owe a couple of Skaven um, some, some protection money. So if you see some hairy people come in, um, I wasn't here. Are those those bouncers that we fired for summoning that Zinch guy? Um, maybe. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all right so are you ready for this episode bring it on bring it on all right all right all right i'm very excited <sighs> sorry i gotta cough gotta gotta work up my i get myself excited gotta feel my muscles gotta gotta feel it in my gut if you know what i mean <laughs> i'm just happy to have my gut back <laughs> as awesome as it was to be digital and on a and on a spaceship and all that jazz like i said good to be back home of course of course all right so today I'll be teaching um, the amazing folks listening to us and you, of course, Gerald, about the original and the way cooler attack on Titan. Because uh, today on Grimlore, we'll be discussing uh, the guys who make my eating habits look extremely healthy. 
Today we'll be talking about the ogres and how they eat everything you know and love. Please tell me there's a get out of my swamp line somewhere. Actually, uh, the ogres don't live in swamps in Warhammer Fantasy. Say what? Where do they live? They live, okay, so completely unrelated, like don't don't make any assumptions. Warhammer Fantasy is obviously based on our world. The ogres are actually based on the Mongolians, or they take they take extreme inspiration from the Mongolian tribes. GW. Now, I don't that that isn't to say that like, oh, they're like, oh, they view Mongolians as ogres. That's not a thing, but they're like the where they're positioned in Warhammer Fantasy World is similar to where the step people of uh, Mongolia would be placed. But obviously we'll get to when we get to it. So okay. yeah, they don't live uh, contrary to popular beliefs, they do not live in swamps. Ah. Uh, and they don't have laser eyes. Darn it. <laughs> For those who uh do you understand the reference, Gerald? Um the laser eyes. I'm not no. No. Nope. Okay. Um this is just a side tangent. For anyone who doesn't know in the original script for Shrek, Shrek the ogre was meant to have laser eyes and like a bunch of other like bullshit magic powers. Like look up this, look up the original script. There's YouTube videos on it, obviously. But yeah, it's fucking hilarious. I definitely gotta look that up. Yeah, there's like tomorrow. concept art of like Shrek, like very like very rough concept art of Shrek with like laser eyes. It's fucking wild. <laughs> I can't unsee that. That is awesome. Why didn't they keep that? Um, I I don't know because they wanted to make a good movie. <laughs> oh man Shrek is always a classic uh, of, course, of course of course all right so you obviously have a have the concept of a Shrek in your mind at this moment so I'm oh, gonna give you yes. a little challenge oh <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> all right um give me a description of what you imagine the ogres of warmer fantasy to look like just a brief like quick little description if you will big tall chalk <laughs> um they eat halflings and dwarves <laughs> and let's see here uh not very intelligent okay and is that your final answer that's your general things that's your, um, that's your more or less more or less okay so to, the best way to describe the ogres um i mentioned the attack on titan earlier that's a, a goodish example the ogres are actually fairly humanoid they look very much like humans, but they're around eight to nine feet tall. Some are bordering ten. The only difference is that they look they look fairly human, but they have exaggerated proportions and features. So you know, elongated arms, longer longer legs, their jaws and bellies and like hands are like extended. They look, you know, a bit a bit off centered, a bit off proportions. But another way to better describe the ogres is the ogres are the space marines of Warhammer Fantasy. Hmm. Okay. Now, I hear people screaming in the distance. I hear people very angry at me, but... Do I need to bar the doors from the angry mob? Oh, they're already barred, trust me. If Skaven were going to kill us, if the Inquisitors were going to kill us, the Space Marine fans are definitely going to kill us. Oh, great. <laughs> hey, Bartender, get those Skaven bouncers and hunker down the door some more. <laughs> Can't be too careful, yeah. folks. <laughs> now, I mean that quite accurately with what I mean by the fact that they're very much equivalent to Space Marines. Because they match them both in size and strength, you know, eight not <laughs> in size in terms of um in terms of the fact that they're eight to nine feet tall. Space means are roughly the same size. They're also equal in strength, if not greater than, if not stronger than Space Marines, and they're also more durable, like equally durable, if not more durable. 
Um, now, is that is that factoring in the Space Marine ceramide armor or not? Uh, no, that's just. I'm assuming that just, uh, that would just be base Space Marines. Okay, so like like no armor, no, no power armor, nothing, just like raw, like yeah, trans transhuman strength. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you if you throw in the ceramite, then I'm, then the then the Space Marines would be stronger. Up okay, to fair point, enough. I'll I'll get to a point where the ogres would definitely like far exceedly surpass Space Marines, but I'll get to that when I get to it. Okay. Um, on top of that, knowing that the match with strength, size, speed, speed as well, the ogres are actually surprisingly super fucking fast to the point that they actually can keep up with cavalry charges. Now, is that like, because all- like like I've seen like if you if you remember uh, Battle of the Bastards from uh, Game of Thrones, giants yes. can run pretty freaking fast, but that's because they are so huge. They take huge fucking steps. Is that kind of like oh, how, how it is with an ogre or are ogres just like zoom? Oh, it's 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 both it's similar, but it's also like in addition to their size being like intent in, in addition to their size increasing, it's also like all of their features are realistically like proportioned to their size. So like huh. yeah. Yeah, you might think, oh, ogres are big, lumbering, slow things that take that like have a big power swing, but no, they are surprisingly fucking fast. Like, yeah, like the only thing that like slows them down is the fact that they are more than more than always like obese. And I don't mean that in like a bad way. Like, yeah, they're 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 hefty guys. And that's the only thing that slows them down. But yeah, they are even with their like weight, they're still like terrifyingly fast to the point that like on horseback, like knights on horseback struggle to outrun ogres. That's crazy. And then I think and I guess it bears to mention that like there is a saying about the space marines and how fast they are it's just like i think guardsmen are known to say nothing that big should move that fast so exactly would this would this, would this be accurate in describing the ogres too yes exactly like like again it, there's a point where it's like terrifying how fast they are hmm. now there's more there's again they're like when i i'm comparing the space marines but there's there's more to it because ogres also have I put this. Um, they have extremely strong stomachs, like strong and hearty stomachs, to the point that their stomach acids is extremely acidic and mildly venomous, very similar to Space Ooh. Marines. Okay. And that they can like, and if they spit, their spit is known to be like slightly corrosive, not to the point that it can <laughs> melt metal or anything, but like to the point that like there's nothing they realistically could not eat. What I do vaguely remember hearing a story about an ogre that just. Eight and eight and eight and eight and eight, and he just got like huge, even for an ogre. I can't remember the can't remember the guy's name. You might know who I'm talking about. Yes, um, I believe he will be discussing him later. For anyone who has an idea, okay, I'll hush my mouth. Then. But yeah, that's the general equivalence of it. Is that ogres are they have very acidic stomach? Their stomach has this very, 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 very strong and again mildly venomous, and they're known to heal very fast and recover from injuries. Um, also quite fast. And what I mean by rec- the difference between recovering and healing is like you get punched, you can get back up after a fight. You, you're you still bleeding, but you can get back up. Whereas if you get punched, you're still it still takes time to heal. You know what I mean? You know the difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very similar to that where they you can take them down, but they'll get back up fat, like just as fast as they got knocked down. They're they're hardy. They're really just fucking hard to just take down, just like a space marine. So... Kind of, kind of like the brutes from Halo, they can just take a hit and keep on coming with nothing but the power of chonk. Yep. Now, what's the most? Now, here's where things get even more similar to Space Marines. What's the most unique feature of a Space Marine biology? 
uh two hearts three lungs um all the all the extra organs that make up that make up a space marine okay what's the most unique organ what's the most unique one among them uh was it the progenoid gland uh close what's the other one um shame 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 i'm drawing a blank omophagia there we go what does the omophagia do um that is the uh um, i know this one i know this one they any any flesh that they consume they can they can process the memories of whatever it is they ate very good very good ogres have a similar ability (laughs) but there's a lot of similarities here but instead of it being the memories it's it's kind of like the flood or the tyranids where they basically inherit like qualities of whatever they consume Ooh, that's kind of scary. It's temporary though; it's not permanent. It's temporary. So, for uh, example, if an yeah, so if an ogre eats a troll, trolls are known to have like ungodly uh, regenerative abilities. If an ogre eats a troll, they will get a super like massive bump to their healing. Like they'll get like they'll go from like you know they heal faster than humans to oh now I'm healing at like Wolverine level speed. I'm I'm just imagining like an ogre going through like the most intensive workout training. It's just like they're alive. Show him to get my protein snack. Just plucks up a troll, bites its head off. Ah, right. Back at it again. <laughs> um, now, to go over, now you mentioned the dwarves, the stunties, our good old uh, dwarfy boys. Yes, um, when yes. an ogre eats, when an ogre eats a dwarf, they actually get drunk or they get like a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's 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 kind of funny. Yeah, like an ogre has bitten off a, a dwarf's head. Like he's like picked up a dwarf by like you know in his hand, bit off his head, and he said that's com- that he, it's comparable to like downing a barrel of ale. One, <laughs> just one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly this dwarf was not drinking enough if he's only worth one barrel of ale. I know, man. Come on, <laughs> you're a lot. You're was eighty percent alcohol. Exactly. You're a lightweight if you only drink five barrels. <laughs> but I just, but I think it's just a funny idea that, that, you know, like the funny image of like, okay, well, this, this, this is not a spoiler. This happens later on. It's kind of obvious. Some ogre tribes have actually like deliberately hunted dwarf, like dwarf castles or like invaded dwarf castles specifically because they want the buzz from dwarves. <laughs> okay. I, I, okay. I just had this crazy idea. All right. You're talking yes. about how they're, how they're similar to, how they're similar to space marines. What if apparently since ogres uh, stomachs are so strong, they can't drink normal alcohol. So they have to hunt down dwarves. So specifically so they can get smashed just like our favorite chapter of space marines (coughs) has to brew their own ale from dangerous poisonous plants to get drunk. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Once an episode, buddy, once an episode. (laughs) I know. I know. Look, look, I hate them, but, I hate them. <laughs> All right. Denial. So that's, so that's the description of the of our good old boys, the ogres. That's you know the general description of them, what they love, what they do. They're they're how similar they are to space marines. It's fucking hilarious. Hey, um, oh, wait, hold on just a second. <laughs> you guys hear that? Do you see the facts and how similar they are? Back down, lower your pitchfork, turn out the torches, leave, be gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You guys got a new Primaris Lieutenant in the mail yesterday tomorrow? Hey, I heard the tavern over. They're talking about Primaris Marines. Go after them. 
Go fetch. Go fetch. <laughs> okay. I think they're leaving. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, I love how me and you both collect Space Marines and we're shitting on Space Marine players. Because <laughs> that's what makes the world go round. <laughs> Denial. <laughs> All right. Back to fantasy. Back to fantasy. Back to we fantasy. Much, back to fantasy. We had too much. We had too much fun in our uh, in our science fiction section. Let's go back to the fantasy world. Ah, back home. Back home in the tavern. Okay, here we go. Yep. All right. So now, do you remember what the uh, purpose of the ogres is, my friend Gerald? Okay, I know this one. I was not drinking too much for that lesson. They were to help fight the apex predators and chaos. Incorrect. Correct? Sadly. Damn it. Damn it. (laughs) The ogres were, depending on your point of view, they were meant to inherit the world and defeat chaos. Okay, I was half right. That that was their uh, that was their uh, former goal. Their current goal is to uh, eat. That's a trick question. (laughs) Damn elves. Trick questions. Loaded, I say. Never trust an elf. The ogres are, oddly enough, a, uh, a quite tragic race, and I'm going to be completely honest, because um, like most races in Warhammer Fantasy, the ogres are a shadow of their former self, as all as in all Warhammer uh, universe. They, uh, most factions are a shadow of their former selves. They, they've achieved some pinnacle, and they've fallen off from that. Oh, but quick question. Yeah. You, never answered the, you never answered their how smart are they. Um, depends on the ogre. There are some ogres that are, you know, just mindless brutes that are like no better than an orc. And there are some that can actually like, that could be considered like civilized, uh, members of society that actually live in the empire. Oh, so it's kind of a little bit of yes and no. Yeah. yeah I will, I will cover Imperial ogres, uh, later in this episode, hopefully. Ah, we'll get there when we get there. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Rayway in summary. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. All right. So. Before we fully go over it, I'm going to actually give a, uh, a good old uh, ogre drinking song. Let me just uh, down some ale for this first because I got to get drunk ah. for it. Ah, cheers, mate. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> no voice in our heads but the mob. We relish the sound of its call. We'll plunder and feast on any man, any beast. Doesn't matter, we'll smack them all. The stragglers don't, we didn't consume. Our jackal and our sacrifice too. They'll scream and they'll run. But that's part of the fun, cause ogres are coming to get ya. Oh, ogres, oh, ogres, thumping on meats, filling our guts with stacking meats. Aaron, screwing, we kill for the maw, the power and growth what we're doing it for. Crunching and biting, we kill for the maw, the power and growth what we're doing it for. Oi, ole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, glorious. Love me the glorious. ogres. Love me the ogres. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so, a, little, a little bit of crude in the lyrics, but don't worry. They can learn a thing or two from us dwarves in our drinking songs. Uh, yes, 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 yes. After they uh, eat a couple uh, of you, I'm sure. Uh, uh, I'm sure we dwarves have some uh, some equivalent to a servitor. Yes. Um, so if you want to look at our um, the message, I've sent you two pictures of the ogres. Ah. Chalk. <laughs> yes. Um, the second picture, you can very clearly see the uh, Mongolian inspiration with their uh, facial hair and their um, their top knots, their ponytails. So what you're saying is... Oh, I'm going to catch a lot of flack for saying this. So what you're saying is 
These are the White Scar rejects. Oh, God. Actually, that's a chapter idea. That's a chapter idea. Light bulb. <laughs> oh, shit. I hear the Space Marine fans coming back. Hey, bartender. That's the equipment. Bar the doors again, please. <laughs> Get some more skating bouncers. That's the grudge tokens. Uh, that's a chapter idea. <laughs> I think that'd be kind of cool, actually. Like White Scar, uh, a White Scar success chapter that are just wholly barbaric and like almost like space wolvish and so savage they are. Indeed, indeed. All right, we're done. No more fan. No more. No more. No more 40k. No more space marines. Stop it, 40k. Stop it, sci-fi. Even if, <laughs> even if ogres are based space marines, but that's besides the point. Stop it. No more sci-fi. No spot. No spot. Yeah. So let's go over the history of the ogres to briefly explain how they went from, you know, a very, very important race, again, that were meant to inherit the world and defeat chaos to um, the chunk who uh, only lived to eat. In any other setting, that would actually be quite nice. Yes, yes, yes. So the ogres uh, were made to inherit the world, as I previously stated, but they didn't but they didn't begin that way. The ogres uh, were actually one of the races that lived in a known world, like the planet, before the old ones actually arrived. They were one of the original apex predators of the planet. Ooh, I was completely wrong. They were the apex predators. Well, they were actually at the bottom tier of the apex predators. They were the bottom, like, you know, the bottom 1% that we went over. <laughs> Semantics. <laughs> Because um, what's the bottom these... one? Because what's a bottom one percent or a top one percent when you compare it to literally everybody else that that takes that's lived in the known world afterward? Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> so um, during these early years, while they were very powerful, very barbaric, and very very like animalistic to the point that the ogres we see now, that's not their original form. That's not what they looked like during these early years. They were they had far more hair on their bodies. And they were more equivalent to, like, I want to say yetis. They were more equivalent to yetis. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I'm sorry, where did the Wookiee come from? <laughs> so, but despite, you know, despite the fact that they were incredibly powerful, barbaric, animalistic, and all these just, hor- like, you know, these horrible, like, uh, monstrous forms that they took on, the old ones didn't consider them any sort of threat. Like, they were considered such a low-tier threat um, like I said, among the alongside the bottom one percent that they were allowed to live, they were they were permitted to to live on the world. They were allowed to they were left unharmed, basically. <laughs> Calls ogres bottom one percent not worth worrying about. Ogres millennia yeah. later biting heads off doors and getting drunk. <laughs> Still good job, old ones. Good job, old ones. <laughs> now, like I said, the old ones would eventually uplift, create, migrate. The races of the known world that we were more commonly known, uh, that we were more commonly know of, you know, the races of man, dwarf, elf, all those ones. But you know, as as I previously stated, the uh, those races did not live up to the expectations of the old ones. You know, men were while they were adaptable, while they were numerous, while they had all these benefits, they were incredibly uh, they were short lived by comparison. They were prone to like selfishness, and they were very susceptible to chaos. Dwarves were too were very stubborn, but they were also too rigid in their ideals. They could not change. And elves were too fluid, too um, self-aggrandizing, too uh, almost melodramatic. That chaos that they were basically not that while they were effective, they were not the ideal target. They were not the ideal um, weapon for chaos. First step to solving a problem, Ray, and then you have one. <laughs> 
Now, <laughs> I don't have a problem, okay? <laughs> Look, who made hey, the vortex of magic? Who saved the hey. fucking world, okay? Hey, hey, we helped. We helped. And your assessment of us, by the way, pretty spot on. <laughs> now, I mentioned those three races, right? Now, in any fasting, those ones would be like, oh, those are great. Those are great. Those are great. Not the old ones. The old ones are like, nah, those ones aren't good enough. So then they look at these fucking like Yeti motherfuckers and they they see the latent potential within these large barbaric dim-witted ogres and the old ones decide, you know what? These are the guys we're going to pick. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? Because we got no other choice basically. <laughs> sees a man. Hmm. Mm, too plain. Sees a dwarf. Hmm. Mm, they're too short. Sees an elf. Mm, too spindly. Sees a hulking, hairy ogre. Mm, these guys will do quite well. <laughs> Why are the other ones Canadian? Okay, so to to explain that, back in the second episode when I tried to do an old one impression, I was trying to do a Kermit the Frog impression, and for some reason it just molded into a Canadian accent. So now my old one impression is a Canadian accent. So I apologize in advance. The old, the old ones got toques on their heads, and they got a fucking hockey stick as their scepter. <laughs> I can't unsee that now. And they got that orange, <laughs> and they got that green frill like Kermit the Frog. And their pyramids are actually just upside down igloos. It's not easy being green. <laughs> oh my god! It. I can't. I can't do it. Don't worry. I got a buddy who, do, who can do a perfect Kermit the Frog accent. Oh man! Now, all right. That's not Canadian old ones. <laughs> because of all these like traits I mentioned, that they're large, they're dim-witted, they're barbaric. You might think, oh, those don't seem like at all the perfect traits, but they're actually the ideal traits for what they wanted. Again, to defeat chaos. Because the ogres were known to be basically as stubborn as the dwarves, and they lacked most, which meant that they were incredibly resistant to chaos. But they were all, and they also lacked uh, most form, like most forms of desire, excessive desire, beyond the simple need to reproduce, to eat, and to survive. So there was nothing that they could be tempted with chaos. Like chaos could not tempt them with anything. Like without without with anything. Like, yeah, they could Because what else do you need in life? (laughs) Yeah, like like literally, that they had no they had no other needs, so chaos could not tempt them. They were too stubborn that chaos that even then chaos could not tempt them. And so because they had all these traits, plus the fact they were highly adaptable just like the humans were, that they were basically able to survive in almost any environment or any climate, that they were they took all the best traits of all the previous like races and basically created the, the the perfect weapon against chaos. So is it like one of those, like, I guess as far as, I guess this is more of a tabletop question, but is this one of those situations where it's like a, a sisters of battle or adeptus custodies where like none ever fall to chaos or is it like very rare under certain circumstances? Um, to my knowledge, the ogres can fall to chaos, but it's like, it's very, it's equivalent to like, if they do fall to chaos, it's like very, very rare. It's very, it's like, it's almost unheard of, but it's not impossible. There are chaos ogres. Okay, I, I was even curious. Then, I was curious of how like hard, hard and fast the rules are with stuff like that. Because yeah, you know, the, this stuff comes up in quite a lot of heated debates, especially in 40k. 
Yeah, I should mention that from what I do know of the Chaos Ogres, when they do turn, it isn't willingly. They have to, like, it's it's very equivalent to, like, you have to undergo so much, like, torture and, like, ritualistic, um, like, you know, rituals. You know, rituals, rituals, haha, it's funny. You have to go through <laughs> so much stuff that you basically are transformed into a Chaos Ogre. You don't willingly become a servant of Chaos for the Ogres. I imagine a, as terrifying as fighting an ogre would be, like, I imagine a chaos ogre is like a thousand times worse. Oh, beyond so. <laughs> as you know, the, the old ones make the ogres as the ideal weapon for chaos. Unfortunately, they could not finish the process. Like, it was very equivalent to, like, you ever seen Lilo and Stitch? Like, the second one? Stitch has a glitch? Uh, Actually, no. I have not. Oh, okay. Well, it's a good movie. I cried. I cried near the ending of it. Regardless, the plot of the movie you is that cry, unheard of. <laughs> the plot of the movie is that Stitch, when he was being created, um, he his creation was stopped ninety eight percent of the way through. So his cells are degenerating throughout the movie. It's it's a pretty traumatic film. It's well traumatic for me because it's very similar to like Alzheimer's or dementia. He kind of goes through like, these spasms basically for Stitch, and it's a really sad movie, especially for a little kid to watch. Great movie though, I love it because it made, it made me cry. Just this second about <laughs> very sad. Bye. Trust me, the ending is really sad. But regardless, um, so it's very similar to that where the old ones are like very close to finishing the process of building the ogres. You know, they had all these things done, all these checks and measures done, but just before they could finish, that's when chaos invades. Oh, glorious! Yeah. So if you remember, chaos invades. The old ones fuck off to go get milk somewhere. I'm still waiting on that two percent. <laughs> Any day Man, traffic now. Must be, traffic must be really bad on the way to the store. Right? I mean, shoot, it's already October by the time of recording. Might as well tell them to go get some eggnog. Oh, I could so kill for some eggnog. Mm, time um, to home <laughs> time to home brew it. Indeed. But so because the ogres uh because like all the races were given their own little like plot of land that was like, you know, specifically tailored to them. The ogres did not get that because they they were not complete. They did not get finished. So instead of like getting you know their own like perfectly cultivated land where they would, for the most part, stay except to slowly expand out in some like very rare circumstances, they basically had no fences. Oh. So the ogres were like permitted to travel all across the world for the most part. They 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 mostly general stay in the same general area, but that's why there are some ogres like as far like as far um in any direction as like there are some that are on Negaroth, which is the equivalent to like North America. So, you know, ogres kind of go everywhere, but that was actually kind of a benefit because again, they're extremely resistant to chaos and they're just so hardy and so hard to kill that the ogres proved to be extremely effective in the war against chaos. All right. Score one yeah. for the ogres. Yeah, like they were like the best way to put it is that they were like again, while the dwarves were fighting on the front lines, the shock troops and the dwarf and the elves were using magic to you know go berserk and trying to build the vortex. The ogres were very similar to like the dwarves that they were shock troops, but it was more just like they were basically dams where chaos would just run into them, and then chaos would just stop because like, the ogres would just be an unrelenting force of nature that would just dis- that would just hold chaos at bay in their own way. Okay, here's another space marine connection. Yeah. You know how Rogel Dorn. Praetorian that he is, is like that brick wall that you just throw yourself against, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, that's the ogres. Yep. They're the brick wall that Chaos throws himself against and and goes splat every time. 
Yep. That isn't to say that the ogres didn't, you know, suffer their defeats and then die against the ogres, obviously. Didn't, like, the ogres didn't die. Like, they did die in these battles. But it was very um, much like even. I'm sure they didn't have like an iron cage incident either. So, yeah. Like you mentioned, and I think it was the first, second, the second episode, I believe, second or third. You asked if there was any like if the orcs were if the orcs had quirks in 40k or in yeah. Warhammer Fantasy, the ogres would be the closest thing to like their quirks. Ooh. Yes. Okay. So that's so yeah. ah so that makes a lot more sense now. The only difference is that only the Quirks, who were extremely intelligent, the Ogres had, I don't want to say they were on par with humans, but they were definitely not, like, mindless brutes. They weren't, like, on par with the Ogres. They weren't on par with the Orcs. They were def- they definitely had their own intelligence because um, throughout certain, like, explorations into, uh, like, the ancient lands where the Ogres used to live, there were actually cave paintings, runic uh, carvings, and even, like, primitive, like, fortresses of the ogres that lived there, which has led many to believe that the ogres in Warhammer Fantasy were actually a lot more intelligent and civilized than they are now. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. interesting. So yeah, the, the ogres were a lot more of a civilized race in the ancient times. And um, what I'm going to go over will actually explain, or rather will further support this theory, or rather this, not so much theory, this proof of this. So as you know, the elves made the vortex that, basically held chaos at bay. The dwarves did their own things. Everything was going on. While this was going on, the ogres were able to properly expand and like basically build what they could consist of as a civilization. And as their population grew, so did their curiosity, which meant that a lot of ogres began pushing um, beyond into the mountains, which was to the, basically to the mountains, which was to their um, east. While other ogres pushed to the west and south and west and north, obviously. Because, you know, they're always going to expand any direction they want. But for reference, these ogres live in what will be equivalent to the Great Plains, to the eastern steppes of uh, Mongolia. Okay. Um, some, yeah, some moved into the Darklands, which is the space just beyond the mountains where the dwarves live. The mountain, like mountains of um, the world as mountains, which for those who are familiar with the old world, that is where, um, that is on the other side of the Empire of Man. So some ogres actually pushed there, and some actually even made it to the Empire of Man, or what would become the Empire of Man. Ah. Well, others, yes, others actually moved southwards to the land of Id, which is India. Id, and okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but some went north, and those actually ended up coming into conflict with the uh, northern wastes or the Chaos Waste, which is where a bunch of Chaos worshippers and demons live. So there, there's, yeah, so some ogres went to war there, but the most important place that the ogres went is to the east. <laughs> um, I, I'm getting, I'm getting the sense that these northern ogres are similar to your Game of Thrones giants from, from the true <laughs> north. The true north. Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> so while those, again, the three directions are important, it is the east one that's the most important. And why the because east? Uh, to the east of what is called the steppes, the great steppes, which is mm-hmm. where the ogres live, they live again in the what we call into the to the steppe lands. Is um, okay. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna see if you can guess this because this is one of my favorite factions. What's to the what's the empire that you would think of when you think of the east? Uh, China. Okay. Well, what is Warhammer Fantasy's equivalent of China? Oh, Warhammer Fantasy's equivalent. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Grand Cathay. 
Yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> so I learned the a thing Empire or two. Grand Cafe is to the east of the Giants. So what do you think happened when the Giants began expanding into the borderlands of Grand Cafe? Um, I imagine they shared some baking secrets and traded, and it was a wonderful time for everyone. I am completely kidding. Oh, well, you were actually right. What? Again, the ogres weren't... The ogres, while they were brutish, they weren't stupid, mindless monsters. They had some intelligence to them. They had some civilization and, like, civility to them. So when the ogres met them, while they did seem almost, like, savage and barbaric, it was was more of a clash of, like, ideologies and, and, and personalities more than anything else. And the ogres actually greeted the Cathayan people as nomads and traders and like um, potential hunters for them. Sorry. I just had this image in my head of a, uh, of a caravan just coming in just like, welcome to the neighborhood. And it's just like a bunch of, uh, I don't know what ogres eat for eat for sweets or whatnot, but yeah, it's like, welcome to the neighborhood. Well, when you talk about caravans and ogres, it's actually going to be surprisingly apt. <laughs> like you have no idea how apt, how accurate you are. Because like I amaze um, even myself sometimes. Like this would be very equivalent to like you know the like again your 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 civilization of people and next thing you know you see like a woodsman like a per, a person who like who has like lived in like the deep north of Alaska for like their entire life. They're what you could almost consider like not barbaric, but they are like wild men to a point they almost they're you almost like have a sense of are you okay kind of thing. Like they're just so <laughs> different on you, but you there okay, is a dude? sense of like. <laughs> yeah, there's, but there's a sense of like, oh, well, I can talk to you. I can agree with you. I can like, you know, you're not just like a mindless person kind of thing. So that's more cool into what it was. And again, and, uh, you know, there was some trade. There was there was some early conflicts, naturally, because the ogres are, you know, big monstrous things. And the cafe and people are just regular humans. So they're going to be suspicious. <laughs> but most of the violence that occurred wasn't even with the proper ogre people. This was from like outcasts. Or exiles, or people who were like, um, basically, instead of killing, they would exile their people. So it wasn't even like the proper ogres. It was like, you know, the people that you exile from your tribe that would go on to like attack other people. Okay. So it's kind of like the Geth from Mass Effect, where the ones that you fight are considered the 1% that are, that are considered like the bad guys or the, the idiots that were exiled. Yeah. Dang it, we're, we're still talking about sci-fi troops. What's wrong with us? <laughs> <laughs> we like science fiction and fantasy. We do, we do. And we especially like it when they're together. Exactly. So, like I said, this is how those nations would attract. And like, yeah, the savage, the more savage jokers would get killed because they are, you know, conflicts for everyone. Whereas, um, but, you know, besides those being the outliers... The more civilized, like the, the when the more civilized sides of both sides would actually trade and learn from each other, to the point that the ogres would actually teach the Cathayan people recipes, like food recipes, and how to hunt certain like massive wild animals, and the Cathayan people would actually teach the ogres how to um, forge metals. So, really, is like a welcome to the neighborhood bake off. Yep. 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 Wow. <laughs> pretty impressive <laughs> honestly yes yes this is where things get bad though naturally because everything warm has to go bad eventually uh, yes because we can't have nice things nope 
Warhammer so, in uh, summary, we can't have nice things. <laughs> so because the ogres, I guess, primitive empire and civilization was in a basically a high point of prosperity, and because of how big the ogres were and how much they needed to consume to eat, they naturally started to like overhunt in their steplands and needed to further push outwards in order to consume food. And this actually meant that there was actually some conflict when it came to like uh, hunting the borderlands between the two uh, civilizations. So ogres actually start hunting in Cathayan lands because, you know, they need to eat. They need to eat. So they're going to be like, you know, what? I'm going to go invade your territory, take your food because we're fucking starving. And this naturally meant there was conflict and violence. And in some cases, ogres actually began attacking villages and consuming people. Hey, who's to say those are your goats? What if they just fell from the sky? Nobody owns the sky. <laughs> <laughs> now, remember how I said ogres can like inherit some traits from the people from the things that they eat? Oh my. Okay. Go so ahead. when they when they ate humans, they found that there was a certain like liking for humans. Like I don't fully know how to explain it besides the fact that humans just tasted really good when they were being eaten by the ogres. And they inherited, I guess, like a fan, and it, almost an addiction for human meat, or rather, there was something about eating humans that like drove the ogres into a sense of basically hunger lust. <laughs> so kind of, kind of like how for us, many many things taste like chicken, even though it's not always chicken. <laughs> yes, I would. I would equivalent. I would associate this like the like for me. My excuse is. They're actually eating a civilized race for once because the ogres have only ever hunted like wild primitive beasts their whole lives. Mm -hmm. And so I'm assuming, so my rationale is that because humans were the first races they ever eaten, like the first civilized race, race, they actually grew like an intense liking to them. And this, and this actually meant that it's <laughs> literal like, oh. brain food. <laughs> I mean, there is a point. I mean, something does happen when they eat, uh, the brains of other races too, but I'll get to that when I get to it. <laughs> so it got to the point where the ogres actually stopped hunting like their normal animals. And some ogres, especially like on the borders of Cathay, started actually hunting humans in instead of their traditional uh, prey. <laughs> Quick question. Now you said like they inherit certain traits of whatever they eat. How does, if they eat like wild beasts and boars and, you know, whatever wild critters are out there is like, how does that not keep them from already degrading or devolving or whatnot? It's more a biological trait. Like I'll get like, there are some examples I got to, I can cover them now if you want, but I'll just cover one of them fast. Um, okay. If they were, if they consume the, um, what is it? If they consume the heart of a particularly like large creature, like, like a stegod like a stegodon or like a dinosaur of some sort, because dinosaurs are in the warmer fantasy world, if they consume the heart specifically or like the muscles, like the muscle meat of them, the ogres actually get stronger. Like they get like they they get a boost to their physical strength. It doesn't make them less intelligent. It like gives them a biological bonus that's temporary. Okay, so emphasis on the temporary, then, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like for like like I said, when they when they eat dwarves, it is just like a buzz. It's just like a slight like it's like you get it's like you just took a shot. It's not like oh man, I am like fucking plastered for like ever. It's <laughs> I took a shot. I'm feeling a buzz for a little bit, but it's gonna go away. Yeah, that was a teetotaler. They just ate them. 
so that's that's that'd be a lot more uh closer to like a better example of it than like you know they be, they become the things they eat kind of thing okay maybe yeah. I, maybe i was i was overemphasizing that part of it then yeah no it is more of a temporary bonus that they get like again there are some examples i'll go over eventually but yeah they're they're temporary and they are they they basically last as long as it takes them to digest their food like you know you eat ah. like chicken leg as long as the chicken legs inside you get like i don't know a bonus to your fucking speed or some bullshit <laughs> you know despite the fact that there were some ogres that were attacking grand cafe and eating humans these ogres were actually the exception they weren't the norm they were the exception and that the, the majority of the ogre like race had an almost like noble barbarism to them that they actually had issues with the ogres on their borderlands that were causing this but the idea was that the eating human part, the eating humans, was becoming a more common practice among the ogre civilization. That it was almost like, even though we have issues with them, we can't stop them. Because it's becoming such a widespread, like, effectively epidemic among our race. Hmm. Now, okay, how am I going to do this? Okay, I'll do it this way. Uh, what do you think the people of Grand Cafe did about the ogres? Um, I mean, fight back, obviously. Or um, one would think, obviously. Okay, so yes, fight back is correct, but not in the way that you think. Don't they have like a twin dragon gods or something? That uh, they, they have a dragon emperor. Okay. Yes. Um, and the dragon emperor, otherwise known as the jade dragon emperor, um, is an incredibly powerful wizard, incredibly like astronomically powerful wizard, and depending on how you view it i prefer it to be left i i don't want i don't like that it's that it's not that that's the origin story of it i kind of prefer if it was left like completely by chance but they basically confirmed in every sense of the words i'm going to say the story that's basically been confirmed the j dragon emperor basically summons a warp stone meteor from the moon from moore's leap which is the the warp stone moon that's above the planet Mm-hmm. The green and the green skull, the green skull looking moon. Yeah. He basically uses power to summon a fragment of the moon, like rip it off, and throws it at the ogre's homeland. <laughs> so that's where the Skaven learned it from. Yeah. Except <laughs> unlike except, you know, uh you have the virgin dragon emperor who hucks a small meteor of the of the of the moon. And you have the Chad Skaven who who crashed the moon into the planet. Oh, Warpstone Moon. Yes, yes. Big crash, big crash, big boom. Big number one movie. Yes, yes. Big high, big high. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. (laughs) So, um, yes. And so for the next, you know, over the course of days, weeks, months, this meteor slowly gets closer and closer to the planet. Until it eventually collide, like collides with the with the planet, and it hits with such force, such enormous impact that not a single like place on the planet does not feel the impact. Ooh. Yeah, so kind of like a uh, kind of like the meteor that killed the dinosaurs, essentially. Effectively, yeah, except you know it doesn't wipe out all life on the planet. <laughs> this one was localized only to the to the ogre's homeland. So, uh, I guess what would the next natural disaster be? Uh, oh, the uh, Krakatoa the volcano. 
Yeah. I mean, the ogres do have a volcano involved in their in their uh, mythology as well. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> my precognition is scary at times. So, uh, this meteor, like I said, cl- like collides with this with the literal epicenter of the ogre empire, the ogre civilization, which, if you remember, was actually the more civilized version, the more civilized members of their society. <laughs> And these are the ones that were just like, no, we do not condone <laughs> eating Grand, Grand Cathay people. Yeah. <laughs> they must have mistook Grand Cathay for Grand Cafe. Ooh la la. Oh, God. <laughs> so, <laughs> this meteor collides with the planet. And when I say that it impacts the planet really fucking hard, I mean that it impacts the planet so hard that, again, everywhere on the planet feels it. But more importantly... The impact apparently from the meteor is so intense that it actually burrows all the way through the planet and emerges out the other side. Ooh, wow. Because um, basically there's an ogre, I believe it's ogre uh, pirates or ogre sailors that uh, later on in the timeline, like later on in their history, actually travels the oceans and they find a massive like whirlpool, a permanent whirlpool that's constantly like siphoning water down and they were able to calculate, I don't know how the fuck ogres calculated it, that it's actually like perfectly lined up with where this meteor impacts their civilization. So, you know, Hey, the ancient Greeks figured out the earth was round long before Columbus did. So yeah, make of that what you will. (laughs) Good point. So again, that's they they fucking blew a hole right through the fucking planet. I don't know how it fucking happened, but you know, it happened. Now, so where, this, where in the map of the world would this uh, world, giant whirlpool be? Um, I don't have a map of the oceans, but I believe it would be in the... I'm assuming that would be where Australia would be. <laughs> That's one way to get rid of all the dangerous animals. Oh, no, 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 no. Because uh, when this meteor hit... It caused, uh, like, it basically caused uh, Warpstone fallout. <laughs> oh, glorious. Yes. And, you know, naturally began mutating everything around it. And it so, killed uh, two-thirds of the ogre's population. With the uh, remaining one-third basically uh, also mutating. But not into, like, monster, Codenberg kind of monsters. Instead, it mutated them in that it basically intensified traits that they already had specifically their hunger mm. so because of this basic fallout the remaining one third of the ogre's population now suffers a permanent hunger they never feel satisfied now featuring fallout 4 warp edition <laughs> now that sounds kind of bad right like you're basically never you're constantly hungry like constantly hungry right so it's kind of, so basically, if Tyranids were humanoid and giant, yes, yes, yes. But uh, it gets yikes. A bit, it gets a bit worse because uh, how it's, it's unclear if this is actually a trait of what this meteor did, or if it's just ogre superstition. But the ogres have this almost like crippling sensation that if they stay in one place too long, that something will get them. That something will eat them. And that something is hungering for them. That something is calling for them. And that thing is what exists at the center of that meteor impact. I am sending you a picture of that meteor impact. 
of okay. the crash site of the meteor. You've got mail. Oh my, it's the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Like, like I kid you not, it is the Sarlacc pit from Star Wars. Yes. Um, Again with so, the sci-fi references. <laughs> so ogres have actually ventured. This is what's called the Great Maw. And it is basically a small country-sized, like, crater hole. But it has, like, flesh growing out from around the edge. And it has, like, teeth lining the walls all the way down. Yeah, and, and it's that, like definitely it's a like, like that. And it's like breathing. Like if you like if you look at it, it like breathes. Like it's like it's like the you know, the edges are moving, like moving with like breaths. Oh. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like writhing and like uh, exhaling and it's it's basically this endless bottomless pit of hunger. And to the ogres, they basically imagine like imagine you just like walking. Like imagine you just like you're you're sitting on your couch one day. And next thing you know, you like hear this breathing in the distance, this like insatiable, like anxious feeling that your hairs in the back of your neck are standing up, like something this like predator is coming to get you, that it's making its way towards you, that it's breathing and it's hungry for you. Like that is the feeling that the ogres feel, that there is something that is hungry and that is coming for them. So essentially they're hung. So because they are hungry, they're just projecting their fear of this great maw eating them, essentially. Oh, it's uh, it's it's very heavily implied that this thing is is very hungry for ogres. <laughs> ah, so they are projecting. <laughs> it's unclear if this thing is if this thing is alive because of the ogres, or if this thing was alive in the ogre's spirit, because this this great maw is actually the ogre's god. The ogres become obsessed with it. So, I guess, like, does it actually, like, if you were to physically go there, does it actually look like flesh and teeth Sarlacc pit? Or does yes. it look like something yes. else if you were, if you were like, some, if you were, like, a completely different race, like a elf or a dwarf? No, this that's what it looks like. Like, that is object, like, doesn't matter what race you are, that is what it looks like. Ah, and like, how could you, you look at that there, and like, not think it's alive? Yeah, and anyone who goes there, like, they feel an almost like emptiness. Like, like you know, like you know, hunger. You're hungry. Imagine that, but like for your soul. Like you feel like your soul is just hungry and empty. Yeah, I'm so convinced Jack tried to eat my soul when he was here, but <laughs> that is the feeling of the Great Maw, and this again, this drives the ogres into a frenzy. Some ogres are mad enough to actually visit it. And only one of them returns. He becomes the the great mama's prophet, and he goes on to like lead them. And he actually uh, leads the he basically rallies the ogres into worshiping the great mama's. It's almost like Old Testament God that is vengeful and vindictive and wants to eat them. And the only way to like please it, or rather, the only way to escape it, is to basically never stop moving and to constantly be eating, because in their belief in their religion. Anything they eat, the reason they don't, they never feel full is because their stomachs are linked with the Great Maw. Ah, okay. That makes so, sense. Yeah, so the idea is like, oh, if we eat, we are feeding the Great Maw. And as long as we keep moving, the Great Maw will never catch us. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming. Ah, so that's why they have the nomadic steps theme going about yep. them, or at least the main, the main branch. Yeah, and naturally, because of where the Great Maw impacted, they want to avoid it. 
And because of where it impacts, it actually impacts uh, directly between Grand Cafe and their original homeland. So they actually can't go anymore eastward. Like, you know, you'd naturally be afraid to go eastward because there's a fucking meteor monster thing that's going to eat you. <laughs> Dead Cthulhu awaits. <laughs> trying to send a picture of the map. Uh, nope, that's being stupid. Hang on. <laughs> play, play, uh, play music in the background. Technical difficulties, everyone. Please stand by. <laughs> play, what's the word? Um, play smooth jazz. <laughs> there, sorry. Pictures. Okay. Back to our regular skill. Back to our regular schedule program. <laughs> All right. Picture is loading to you. You've got mail. There is one picture of that I'm sending you a picture of what they're uh, of what the homelands looked like originally. Hey, it's for another four one that's four pixels wide. Is that one better? A <laughs> <laughs> little bit better. All right. So the eastern steps is you can see the eastern steps. That's where the ogres lived. That's their original land. Yeah, okay. Grand Cafe. Yeah. Uh, the ogre kingdoms, which you can see is like the collection of mountains to the side. That's what they. That's eventually where they move into. Ah. Which, I, yes. Okay. You, see, you said the area between the Eastern Steps and Grand Cathay is where the the Great Mall is supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's basically meant to be like it's basically meant to be their their borderlands. Like you are not passing this. The ogres naturally do not want to pass it because again, it's a fucking like small country sized hole that wants to eat them. <laughs> so. <laughs> naturally with little choice the remaining ogres which again are the borderlands ogres which are again the more barbaric ones which again mm-hmm. i think is hilarious that the, the people of grand cafe killed the ogres that were probably the most neutral <laughs> and left the ones that were the most savage good job guys you got rid of the ones that weren't trying to eat us well if it's any consolation uh the emperor of Gang- Grand Cathay is basically the emperor of mankind from 40k. So, I mean, <laughs> hey, bartender, make- do you have those psyker blockers on that door? Okay, good. Good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, naturally, this means that the ogres don't want to go eastwards. And because the west is, uh, well, because the, the north has, you know, chaos worshippers and whatever, and they can't really go south. They can't really very much more go south. They're forced no choice but to go westward, which means that they have to actually go into what are called the Mountains of Morn, which are the equivalent to the Himalayas of our world. But again, because everything in forty in the Warhammer Fantasy is uh, twice as big, imagine the Himalayan mountains, but twice as tall and twice as wide. Oh, excellent. Yes. Like, another way to put it, there are mountains... Like when when people say there are mountains above the clouds, they typically mean that there's like peaks. No, I mean like there are mountains that are rising above the clouds. Badass. Yes. 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 Now, you, now you said the uh, now you said like <laughs> the ogres are like spread pretty much everywhere, right? Uh, for the most part, yeah, yeah. All but if you're gonna ask if all the ogres feel this, yes, every single ogre feels this. Okay. But yeah. I can just imagine when the I guess of the, uh, the ones that move, there's already a select group there and like huge white parkers and whatnot and it's like welcome to the Himalaya <laughs> I'm glad you Basically. got that reference. 
basically. Um, so, you know, they go into the Mounds of Morn. Now, to explain the Mounds of Morn very fast, like I said, it's like the Himalayan Mounds. It's a very, it's very much like full of canyons, mountain ways, just massive. Like, you know, it's a mass collection of mountains and shit. But the best way to put it is that this was actually one of the only places on the known world that basically did not change before and after the old ones came. <laughs> this is like of all the changes that the old ones made, it's like, mm, yep, this one will, this one will do. Yeah, and what, and another reason for that is that remember how I said, you know, the Wood Elves forests have like some predatory beasts from you know before that like Eesh. survived by hiding these forests. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mountains of Warner based the same thing, but like way worse. Ah, because everything has to be worse. Yeah. So like at the mountains, so like if the forest had like you know the very very bottom one percent of the creatures, the mountains of Morn are where the uh, other other one percent that survived live, and some of the top one percent. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like for an example, you have a mountain-sized dragon that lives in there. Hmm. And Caligon the Black. Oh wait, wrong universe. <laughs> All over references today, aren't we? Hey, at least this one was a fantasy reference. Yep, yep, yep. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are just some examples of, you know, the type of things that you find in the Mountains of Morn. It's it's a not okay place to be. So is they called the Mountains of Morn because they mourn their dreary existence with all these Apex Predators? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a knee slapper. I mean, that's a pretty good possibility. <laughs> you know what else? Uh, it's also the place where a lot of these, uh, a lot of the predatory beasts actually, like, retreated when the lizard men were, like, hunting everyone. Like, when lizard men were traveling in the world hunting everyone, a lot of them, like, naturally fled to the Mountains of Morn because it was the closest thing to, like, what the primitive world was like. So, like, they're gonna go back to the place that, like, survived, that, like, is still somewhat habitable to them and also to oh. avoid the lizard men. Yeah. So they're mourning the loss of their primitive world. <laughs> <laughs> and also because the mountains are so big and there's so many like canyonways and crevices and just so much like, I guess like hidden space. So many of these creatures can actually hide here in a skin, like survive. Mm, okay. Yes. But there's actually one more race that lived among these mountains. Do you remember what this race could be? Greenskins? Well, there are green skins here, but no. They're Sky Titans. Oh, the Sky Titans. Forgot about those. Yes. I thought they, they were, were I thought they were extinct. Nope, they survived. They were allowed to continue existing because they were deemed like they, they they were basically passive. They didn't stop the old ones. They didn't try to interfere because they were very isolationists and like the old and like the Sky Titans lived in such like isolated communities anyway that like they didn't really care. Now, do you have like pictures of these Sky Titans or, or there something? There are no pictures, sadly. Oh, hmm, big sad. Yeah, the best thing I could, the best thing I could say is like, imagine like a frost giant from like any okay. other universe is the best way okay. I can put it. That makes sense. So when the ogres, the ogres basically, like I said, the ogres fled westwards because they need, they're trying to escape it, but they're also very hungry, and because there's a lot of predatory beasts here, they actually started fighting over these predatory beasts. And this actually meant that a lot of their, um, because they're so being driven by hunger, their hunger actually overrides their need for like civilization and like to mm-hmm. grow beyond what they are, which actually causes them to basically degenerate into the more barbaric, more animalistic, more savage creatures that we know of as ogres are today. So again, remember how I said ogres were actually peaceful to a point and they traded with 
Grand Cafe in a more peaceful manner. To a degree, yes. Yes, this would not be, uh, this would not happen with these ogres. Yeah, the ones that Grand Cafe let live. Yeah, I know, right? Or missed, um, I should say. <laughs> you fucking missed. <laughs> you had so, one job, Green Jade, Dragon God Emperor. You had one job, one giant meteor, <laughs> and you still screwed it up. How do you miss? He was 10 feet in front of you. <laughs> oh. It's really funny because Grand Cathay is China and the ogres are, are meant to be Mongolian, so they could be the Huns and the Chinese army. <laughs> now that's what I call Mongolian babchi. <laughs> Got all the references today. Ah, lovely. Come for the lore, stay for the references. <laughs> and the ale. All the ale. Yes, yes, yes. And sometimes warp so, <laughs> so while the ogres were hunting the beasts that lived in there, there was one race that I, that I previously mentioned that lives among the mountains that could basically be considered a bountiful harvest for the ogres. And those are the Sky Titans. The original Attack on Titan. It all makes yes. sense now. Yes, yes, yes. So the ogres, again, they're hunting some of the beasts in these valleys, but they're still starving. So driven by hunger... To the point that it basically overwhelms a desire for like self-preservation. They climb these mountains that are again above the clouds into the lands of the Sky Titans. And outnumbering the Sky Titans like a hundred to a thousand to one, they ambush they ambush the individual Sky Titans like holds and begin slaughtering all the Titans within and consuming them, often alive. Oh, and you might be thinking, well, the Titans are so strong. Why didn't they stop them? Remember, the Titans are separated by hundreds of miles in some cases with how, how far apart their holds are. And they're so isolationist, even among their own, among themselves, that like you might have one community of Sky Titans that doesn't even, that doesn't communicate with the Sky Titans nearest to them. That's how isolationist these guys are. So now, because other of than, this, other than huge, is there like a, like we know the ogres are like eight, nine, ten feet tall. Depending, like, did is it ever established like exactly how big a Sky Titan is? I believe they're hundreds of feet tall. So why, like, even if they're outnumbered a hundred to one, that's just like all it takes is like one stomp, squish. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Um, I will double check their ever their actual height, but yeah, it does not. It I believe they are several hundreds of feet high. I know they're said to, yeah, they are, yeah, they're said to dwarf trees. So again, like they could easily squish the ogres of all things. Yeah, but when you're, but when you're outnumbered like a hundred to one, like let's say you're walking through the forest and you get ambushed by like a hundred flies, like yeah, you can take out some of them, probably most of them, but how many flies is it gonna take to go down your throat and sh- and like choke you to death from the inside out? Or if you're if you have bee allergies and you're fighting a hundred bees, yeah, ugh, that's a scary thought now. Yes, yes, yes. It's like that. It's like that old. It's like that old uh, bee movie, The Swarm. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. Perhaps I'll look it up. It's like how old is it? Seventies, I think. It's old. Okay. You're also forgetting one more thing, though, Gerald. What's that? What happens when the ogres eat something? They gain the traits of the creatures they eat. 
Yes. Temporarily, of course. They don't have to they don't have to eat the entire thing. What happens when an ogre takes like just a nibble out of a giant's out of a sky titan's ear? Like he's gonna get just a I can only imagine like what the ogres will gain from eating a freaking sky titan. Yes, 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 exactly. Like they just nibble on a sky titan and suddenly you have one ogre who's just ridiculously strong and he continues eating. Then you have another ogre jumps on him. Another ogre, another ogre, like Again, imagine if you're swarmed, I guess, the, against the, the bees or the flies was a good example. Imagine you're swarmed by, like, a hundred mosquitoes. A hundred mosquitoes that get more aggressive the more blood they drink from you. Ugh. That's a better example. Ugh. And not only that, but you're asleep in your bed when they attack you. Or you don't, or, you know... You're walking. You're walking around in the middle in the middle of the day, like blindsided, completely by accident. You don't realize, like, yeah, you might be able to smack like maybe a dozen, a couple dozen, two, three, four. You might kill like six or seventy of them, but that last third that continues to harass you, that just continues to just escape your grasp every single time. You're gonna go down eventually. Finish him. Hmm. Four sky titans. Yep. Fatality. <clears throat> yep. 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 They were ambushed, outnumbered, and slaughtered to a man. The Sky Titans were rendered extinct by the ogres. So they do become extinct. Yep. Man. Worse, worse still, though, their fortresses that they carved into mounds that were considered what can be described as the pinnacle of mastery and artistry were ransacked <laughs> and destroyed by the ogres who cared who were so driven by their need for hunger and so like bloodthirsty and so like crazed by their newfound like strength from the Sky Titans that they didn't even care the destruction that they were causing, all the artistry, all the masonry that they were literally undoing with their with their anarchy that they were causing in the mountains. Mm. Like to put into mm. perspective, they caused massive avalanches of the castles. Like imagine avalanche as just a castle. Ooh, rock slide on steroids. Yeah, it's, it's honestly really sad. They would ransack their holds and just leaving them completely like ruins. Like they would also like occupy these fortresses, but they would more com- But it was more comfortable them to leave just because you know they need to eat. But they need to you move know, and they need to eat. Yeah, it was again. It's it's honestly kind of tragic when you think about it. Like they were a race that was highly respected because they're one of the best races to fight chaos, and now they're literally just mindless barbaric monsters that are ransacking everything. But unlike the Imperium of Man or uh, the Necrons here, it's not the Ogre's fault, really. Yep, 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 yep. It was the Jade Emperor's fault. <laughs> so I just sent you a map of of the Mountains of Morn and oh, yes, the, uh, the homeland of the Ogre's. So you might notice a place called the Ancient Giant Lands. That is where the uh, Sky Titans used to live. A very small area for such a huge, huge race of Titans. Uh, those are the tallest mountains. Ah. Yeah, those are the ones that are like mountains above the clouds. Ah, so Everest on steroids then. Yeah, like that, like the best way to put it is like that's, I'm not, it's not the center but like that's where the tallest mountains are. That kind of the center mass, where the highest mountains are, then all the mountains that surround it are, get progressively smaller the further away you get from it. Ah, okay. Yeah, like all the ones that aren't considered in the ancient giant lands are like, oh, those are just Everest size. 
<laughs> only Everest size. Oh, how pathetic. They're <laughs> only the size of Mount Everest. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, Man, the ogres. The joke wasn't um, that funny, dude. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so the ogres, you know, they scatter throughout the uh, mountains of Moor and they're kind of eating everything. They're ransacking whatever they can. The ogres just being just a massive threat to everything and all the creatures. They do have some like si- si- like some level of civilization to them. They actually form primitive like roving tribes, but for the most part, the mounds of Morn become like a battleground for all these n- different nomadic tribes that live there. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, this is where things get kind of interesting because you might see on the map. Yeah, it's on the map. I can literally see it. What the fuck am I saying? I can literally see it. You might notice that there are actually two. Well. There are a number of little yellow pathways that cut through the mountains. Yeah, I see them. Okay, there are two of them predominantly, but there, but one of them I'm going to focus on more than more than the other one. Uh, that is called the Ivory Road. This one is to the north. It is the northmost yellow path. Okay. Yeah. Um. So the Ivory Path is something you can thank the uh, Cathayans for. Wait a minute. I have a feeling I know where this is going, but go ahead. Okay. So uh, the ogres circumstance would actually notice that they were actually um, their former enemies, the Cathayans, who actually began invading the mountains, but not to like conquer land, but to actually hunt and kill the massive beasts that lived there to hunt, to collect their horns, their ivory horns. Because again, there are dinosaurs that live here. There's rhino, there's rhinoxes, which are basically just giant rhinoceroses. You know, imagine a bunch of creatures that are very rich in ivory. There's mammoths, even like, you know, a bunch of just massive predatory and like primitive creatures that live here, left from like all different periods of time, honestly. Wait, and rhinox the as in like the brown, uh, the brown citadel paint rhinox side? Probably. Sidebar: As I'm learning all these things about Warhammer Fantasy, it's uh, it's surprising how many of the Citadel paints are actually named after Warhammer Fantasy stuff. Yes, I mean they 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 probably they probably predate it. So I mean, so yeah, yes, that's guys are kind of interesting. Yes, yes, yes. That just so, begs the question: Is like I know we're kind of getting off topic, but it's just like I don't know. This all seems very well thought out. So why is it like very? What am I trying to say here? This is all very concrete, very fleshed out. Why is it that fantasy or the old world had to get the boot and re-replaced with Angel of Sigma? It wasn't selling well. Really, though? Yeah. Like, learning about this lore definitely makes me want to get, like, uh, want, it, want to collect an army of dwarves or shoot an army of... Uh, definitely makes me want to get, like, collect an army of, you know... Or just any of the any of the like the characters uh, that are named in the lore. So how is it that this, for whatever reason, didn't sell that well when the lore is fairly consistent and fleshed out, at least compared to you know to make the forty k comparison? Um, to my knowledge, it was that forty k was the new the new kid on the block, and because it was so popular, and it was such a rising like uh, thing, like it's such a rising in the market. Uh, Warhammer Fantasy basically dropped down. And because Warhammer Fantasy was, for the most part, stale, I say stale in the fact that they didn't, they couldn't very much have like the fall of Cadia for them. It was very similar to like 40k up until the fall of Cadia, where people were like, "Oh, it's the 41st millennium. The Imperium's like five minutes to sundown. 
it's the end of the world. Oh no, another battle that we could just barely win. You know, it was very much a how do I put it? Everything was kind of like how do I put it, just in a repeat cycle, effectively. That was what my knowledge was. To the point that the entire the entire like Warhammer Fantasy line, like all the models, everything was selling less than some paints. Hmm. It's kind of bad. Like, well, I mean, it didn't yeah, help like, that we're, we're like a lot of the original, uh, a lot of the original models, like metal or pewter or something like that. Yeah, they were all pretty shitty. Like, like yeah, like something that's like next to impossible to paint paint on. Yeah, mm. so that probably like, didn't help things. Yeah, so not only were the models not selling well, but like they were shitty models in general. Mm. Kind of sad, really. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, so. Back to the Ivory Road. So the Grand Cathayans travel the Ivory Road collecting, like, killing the creatures that live here and collecting the Ivory for them. The Ogres, uh, learning about this, learn two things very quickly. Number one. Free people to attack, and they carry food with them. They carry food with them. They are the food. They if are you can run, food. you might be fast food. Oh, my God. Welcome to McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, man. I shouldn't under okay. I shouldn't undersell how important the Ivy Road is, though. Like the first <laughs> like that the Ivy Road is like the Route sixty six of the Mountains of Morn. Okay. Okay. Like it is the like the Ivy Road is the only way to get from one side of the mountains to the other without like scaling the fucking mountain. So it's a very important route. route. So it's like the historical the, Silk Road, right? Yes. 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 Interesting. Interesting. Ogres. Uh, Ogre's Mongolian Parallel and the Silk Road and the Ivory Road. Mm-hmm. Just, a side, just a side tangent, there was actually an Ivory Road in uh, in the real world, too. Ah, uh, was it like the like the less famous cousin to yeah. the Silk Road? Yeah, to my knowledge, it was less famous than the Silk Road. So, mm. but, yes. Um, so the Ogres, they actually come up with a plan to exploit the uh, the the Ivory Road. But not in the way you might think, because while, yes, some ogres did actually attack the caravans that traveled through, there were some ogres, most ogres actually, actually fought for the chance to control the road. Hmm. And do you want to know why? Why Why would they want to control the road? Well, because... definitely make uh, make hunting for food a lot easier. If you make oh. if you set up if you set up like toll booths or whatnot where you got to pay the fine or at least pay in food, then you know that's there free we go. Food. Second one, the ogres would actually protect the caravans from other ogres and the monsters, and would actually help the uh, ivory trade because again, the ogres hunt these creatures regularly, just naturally. So an ogre might hunt like a, a wild rhinox, take its ivory horn, and and present it to the caravanners. In exchange for food, they give them a horn. They're like, oh, here's a fucking horn from a creature I found. And the ivory trader is like, wow, this is a precious ivory horn. But you know, where it's like, I already got like 16 on my shed. Here, you can have the you can have the, the rickiest one. <laughs> yeah. So like the ogres actually had like like it was basically prime real estate in, in terms of food. Like the ogres would regularly fight other ogres. For the chance to control the mountains, they would also maintain it. Like you look at ogres that were like clearing the path and making it even more like traversable, so that more and more caravan uh, traders would, would want to travel through the mountain pass. I wonder how many of them created like some pyramid scheme where it's just like, okay, I'm going to protect you from the worst <laughs> of the worst, from my from my fellow ogres. 
lead them straight to an ogre ambush pretends like they're fighting off the fighting off the ogres hey look at this i'm defending you guys pay me more food probably and then he gets the food then he takes it back to this ogres he was quote unquote fighting okay guys here's your cut here's your cut here's your cut good deal we're gonna scam the next caravan big money big money big money big money i mean i can believe it step four profit <laughs> so that's the ogres in the mountains but remember i said there are ogres outside of the mountains that there are ogres kind of everywhere yes so you're so what you're saying is say it with me now uh i don't know what i'm saying oh come on is it welcome to the himalayas <laughs> no uh there'll be more ogres here's your hint it's green the east is green oh wait they're like oh they're like orcs you disgust me get out of my swamp <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no there are no ogres in the swamp sadly damn it <laughs> but there are some in the old world so <laughs> ogres are not wholly isolationists much like myself their desire for food will drive them outside their zone of comfort usually for me it means it's, it means i have to leave my bed but that's besides the point oh this- what a dreadful existence you live this has led many this has led ogres to actually be seen as monsters and invaders to like the other races that they consider weak but they were not considered monsters to our good man the fucking chad among chads the barbarian who comes in with a steel chair motherfucking sigmar yes (laughs) because sigmar actually seen these ogres and rather than seeing them as the monsters brutes that many people did he actually seen the ogres as allies, probably because they were just about it. They were just a, they were almost as strong as he was, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Sigmar decided to offer these ogres a chance to help him in his battles in exchange for food as mercenaries. So and Sigmar, the Chad that he is, makes friends with the dwarves, Kurganian beard, and he's making friends with freaking ogres. Yep. in exchange for food to create to facilitate his dream of a glorious empire and the empire has fallen just bad mm. yep and the thing is though is that this relationship between the empire man and the ogres actually has lasted even to the modern era seriously yeah like ogres are members like there are ogre citizens i'm i'll get to imperial ogres in like just a minute like ogres will actually leave their homeland to become part of the empire to fight as mercenaries because like why wouldn't you why wouldn't you like you're fighting regular humans and you're a fucking like 10 foot tall giants like what like what are they going to do to you when you get paid in food <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> like, the, and the army and the army that they're fighting is the is the advanced pay because it is the food yes well, honestly, yes, the ogres actually get to eat, get to get to eat the dead corpses afterwards of either side. Honestly, <laughs> this is actually where imperial ogres come in. These are literally citizens of the empire. So imagine you're, you know, you're walking down, you're walking down an outdoor street in outdoor. You know, you're just a regular imperial citizen. You're about to go, you know, you're gonna walk, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna do your eight to five job. And as you walk me here, like the you, you feel the ground shake under your feet, and you look down the alleyway, and here comes this big giant ogre, you know, it's ten foot tall ogre, and he's wearing this like this slightly too small button up shirt 
with like these big frills. He's got these like leather bound trousers, these big boots. And you see me comes in. He looks at you, just nods. Hey, friend, off to work, are you? Me too. I'm going fishing. And he just kind of walks away. And you're like, yep, I just walked past an ogre. I didn't die mm-hmm. today. <laughs> just another Tuesday. Yep. Because that's 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 a good one. These like these are ogres that live in the empire as citizens, as regular people who pay taxes, who work a nine to five job occasionally, who fight in the army, who get paid in food. Like they are just people in the empire, and they speak almost fluently the common tongues, and they're viewed as and in their mind they're regular people in the empire. They're like, "Yep, I'm a citizen of the empire," but to like everyone else. It is very much like, oh my god, no one tell him no, or we are all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like a ma- like it's it's like a mafia boss. He comes into your restaurant, you serve him like top tier shit because he is for all intents and purposes your best class customer. To him, it's just a regular Tuesday. Like, yeah, this is this is what I do. But to you, it's like, oh my god, if I don't play this perfectly right, I'm going to fucking die today. Make sure you get that appetizer right, or you will be the appetizer. Yep, and the best part is that these ogres, like, it's either they are too stupid or they're too naive, but they don't, like, they don't realize how much sway they have. Like, it's very much, like, they literally think that they're just, like, great, like, they will serve a king. They will kneel to the king when he comes calling. The empire, the emperor needs someone on the finest front lines. Oh, I will, I will be the, I will take the front lines, sir. Let me take the front lines. Like, you have ogres that are donning, like, full plate armor who have, like, oversized weapons, who are fighting alongside, like, his, his fellow man, like, his, you know, good old Fred, the uh, the banker from down the street, has been conscripted. He's given, like, a fucking gun and, you know, basic basic infantry weapons. And his ogre is dressed in the exact same thing, just extra, extra, extra large. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be a terrifying thing to try and fight against, is the armored ogres, kind of like the... Uh... Kind of like the troll knights from uh, Elden Ring. I've played Elden Ring. <laughs> How dare you? I'm working on it, okay? I have to go through my backlog of games. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I have a huge backlog of games, too, including Destiny. Yeah, so... Um... No, I'm going to wait I'm gonna wait for that for just a little bit, but it'll all, it'll all make sense in the next... What's it? This October? It'll all make sense in the next couple of months. Excellent, excellent. But yes, <laughs> so Imperial Ogre is definitely one of my favorite things of all. Like they're fucking awesome. Naturally, How many factions uh, have we talked about that you said this is your favorite faction? Well, just, when just I curious. Become, well, <laughs> when I when I talk about a faction, I automatically become the spokesperson and the hype man for that faction, and they become my favorite faction because if they do not, I am not giving that faction justice. Hmm. Clever. Indeed. <laughs> So okay. Uh, sidebar, what I, what what is your actual favorite faction? I honestly love all of them. I think the Empire of Man is very fun. I I'll, I should on Bretonia because you know horse fucking jokes are funny, but I actually really like the Bretonians because they have such a unique aesthetic compared to like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I have to like do hands down, like one million percent hands down, it has to be Grand Cafe because I'm a huge fan of like ancient Chinese mythology and just their whole ancient mm-hmm. culture and how powerful the civilization used to be. And the idea of a dragon covered whose scales are made of fucking jade and is immortal and has, I think he has like several sons who are also dragons who are named after different elements like, you know, iron, steel, fire and bullshit. 
is just such a fucking cool concept that when we do the Cathayan episode, I am going to be so fucking hyped. But I have to let, but I, it's definitely like at the very bottom of my list of episodes I want to do because of how much like love I have for, for Grand Cathay and the, you know, that lore, especially given the fact that it's actually very, very sparse. Even even more so than Ulthwan or the Wood Elves or even the Dark Elves or yeah, the Dark Elves of Malekith. If you want my honest if you yes, I honestly like Grand Cathay more than I like the elves. That is very surprising. Yes. I mean look, the elves having lightsaber bow and arrows is fucking cool. But you can't you can't get over a dragon, okay? Because <laughs> dragons are just fucking awesome. Well, okay, hang on, I just remember the elves also ride dragons, so well, they I'm do have re- that. They do. They re- do. No, no, no. It's less be Grand Cafe. It's less be Grand Cafe. They're still so fucking cool. You heard it here, folks. The resident elf actually likes Grand Cafe more than he does elves. Look, I'm a sucker for Chinese mythology, okay? But, uh, yes. Indestructible back- Mushu. <laughs> back to the ogres and how Grand Cafe fucked up the ogres. <laughs> So, you know, the Imperial Ogres are seen with disdain by every other ogre. Like, if you're an ogre from, like, the Mountains of Moor and you, and you meet an Imperial Ogre, it's kind of like, why are you that? Like, why? why, Like, why? why? Like, why, why are you working a 9 to 5? Why are you doing this? You could be an ogre with us. Like, just being a tribal people and you're doing that. <laughs> like, they're seen with very much... They're, they're, they're basically not seen as a true ogre if you become an Imperial Ogre. Just like no true Scotsman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the sad part is, is that the Empire, well, the Empire likes the the, the the ogres. The only other like faction that actually likes them is the Dark Elves. Does Malekith have anything to do with this? Um, kind of, but not really. Then I don't want to hear that. Oh my god! I, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm completely kidding. <laughs> like I said, uh, there there are some ogre pirates, and they actually find their way to uh, Negaroth, and they actually like start a war with the Dark Elves. They don't want to say start a war; it's more they have battles with the Dark Elves. But um, the Dark Elves actually start to respect the ogres so much so that they actually allow the ogres to like live among the like live on the continents and like settle le- settle lands there. Yeah. Who to think a dark elf? Who to think dark elves would be that would be that generous? Yeah, they they tried torturing them, tried killing them. They were like they proved swords and so tough. They're like, you know what? Respect, fucking respect. You know what? Fuck it, take the land. You know, fuck you. Good man. Good job. Good fucking job. You know, it's one of those things. (laughs) Try and get Asdrubale Vect to agree to something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. Exactly. That's why I'm laughing. So everywhere else, though, the ogres are basically seen as like you know monsters, pests. Despite the fact that they proved extremely helpful when it came to fighting the Skaven, hmm, I can imagine. Yeah, like does it the, go over what the ogres gain from eating Skaven? No idea. I think they get sick though. Like I remember seeing something that the ogres don't like eating Skaven, but it doesn't clarify why. If I'm gonna like take a guess, I'm gonna say it's probably because it's probably like eating a rat, like a fucking rotting rat. Because Skaven are just deplorably awful people. <laughs> they're not even people; they're rats. Yep. Please, Skaven <laughs> overlords, don't smite me. 
Easy bouncers, easy, easy. It's it's fine. We'll pay we'll pay you double the warp stone after your shift is over. Also, okay. ogres are extremely efficient at hunting Skaven because they have improved senses, so they are really good at smelling ogre, smelling Skaven out. And even if they aren't, they have predatory beasts as like livestock and like herd animals that are that have even better senses of smell. So even if a Skaven tries to hide in the mountains, yeah, they're gonna get fucking found out by the fucking uh, ogres and killed. Huh? Wait, so you said. Skaven are one of the few things that ogres don't like to eat. So is there actually something that the ogres can't really process despite their iron stomach status? Um, for me, it's more the fact, like, are you saying, is there anything in the world that they can't eat because of their stomach? Or is there something they just don't like eating? Um, well, let's start with, let's start with don't like eating. But yeah, is there anything that ogres can't eat? I guess. No, to my knowledge, there is nothing they can, cannot eat. Like stone, steel, doesn't matter. They can eat it. Ah, but then when it comes to the Skaven, you said they don't like eating Skaven. Yeah, it doesn't mean they can't eat them. They just do not like eating them. Hmm, like, okay. Yeah, for me, I would imagine equivalent to like, what's the worst food that you hate eating? And then imagine eating that would be the equivalent of eating the Skaven. Oh, baked like, beans. <clears throat> like, it's not like you can't eat them. It's just that you just don't want to because they're just revolting in their own way. Hmm. Yeah, that's how I would. Yeah. That's how I view them. Yes, yes. They're also really good at fighting the orcs, as we'll come to right away. Mm, okay. To quickly go over it, though, like I said, the ogres mostly function in tribes. Now, when you think of tribes, you might think that the leader of a tribe would be like a chieftain or like a king or whatever. For the uh -huh. ogres, that's not the case. For the ogres, that's not the case. For the uh -huh. ogres, the leader, the leaders of an ogre tribe are called tyrants. Okay. Okay. Yes. Now, there have been instances, now a tyrant, you know, takes over a tribe. There have been instances in the past of over tyrants, which is a tyrant who rules over all the other tyrants as kind of like a high king. But these are very few and far between. They usually, they usually appear like once every couple hundred years and their rule doesn't last very long. Mm. You know, they're very ambitious. They try to, you know, they're very, if, the best way to describe an over tyrant, at least up to this point they're more equivalent to like don dons or like gang leaders where all they try to do is try to exert their control and amass just endless wealth until they die. <laughs> they don't try to do anything beyond that. Created and consumed in times of extraordinary crisis. <laughs> just like the Arbiter. <laughs> oh my goodness. Damn it, sci-fi references. <laughs> like I said, this is how this is how most of the overturns have been. Up until a ogre, I believe you've probably mentioned. This ogre is Greasius Goldtooth, the most ogreist ogre. The most ogre ogreist ogre to ever ogre. Yes. To put it in perspective, where we are the timeline now, we probably we're probably like I want to say a hundred to two hundred years before the present date. Which you might think, wow, we're skipping a lot of time for the most part. The ogres don't really do a lot in that span of time, aside from what I've covered, mm -hmm. which is help the empire, travel the world, go to war with Great Cathay occasionally. They have they're very constant in what they do for the most part. Okay. Is is their lore pretty scant? Like, I mean, obviously compared to the Empire of Man, because again, the humans just have like a monopoly on like Warhammer lore period. But uh 
yeah, it's like ogre lore, pretty scant. Like there's only so many stories that we have about them or, or whatnot. I would say more or less. Like there is obviously like ogre lore that pieces up in other parts of the world. Like for example, there's stories about ogres, uh, about the ogres and the dwarves. Like they've had they've had wars before, and they've had several wars in the past, but never more, but never beyond, but never to the point that it's like worth mentioning. Like I like. I will cover some when it comes to Grecius because he does have a event with uh, a war with the with the dwarves, but mm-hmm. it's kind of one of the things where it's like you you see it you see it once you kind of seen them all kind of thing. Kind of kind of samey almost. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the best way I would put it. There is some diversity when it comes to like the individual tribes, but for the most part, the the ogres are fairly sparse with their lore. Okay. Yes, kind of like a kind of like a Eldar Exodites. <clears throat> like you know they exist, but there's really not that much to them. Yeah, yeah. I said I think the ogres are way cooler than the Exodites. I'm not gonna fucking lie. <laughs> Again, dissing on your own faction. What is look, what side of you is cool. this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, the, the Exodites are really fucking cool. I'm not gonna lie, but they don't have anything for them that's caught my attention because they're given so little stories. Whereas the ogres, all I have to do, all I have to worry about is gut big, food good. I'm a kill. <laughs> Simple as. <laughs> Love me food. Love me fighting. Eight skaven. Simple as. <laughs> now you're getting it. <laughs> uh, so. We're gonna go over the rise of the last over tyrant. Are you ready for this? The last over tyrant. All righty, bring it. Every on. faction has their poster boy, their fucking Chad among Chads, and Grease mm-hmm. Golden Tooth is the ogress ogre to ever ogre. So, uh, get in my belly. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, you're goddamn right. This guy is so fucking fat. He needs a palantine of ogres to carry him. He is the <laughs> ogress ogre. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. <laughs> so, I mean, you know what? Wait till I get to his origin story. Do tell, do so, tell. So, a little context. Uh, there was a black orc, you remember, orcs that are bigger, stronger, slightly smarter than regular orcs, called yes. Orc Iron Skull. And this orc, he was he basically didn't want to fight the Empire because the Empire was on its winning streak at this point. This is the most recent... Uh, this is basically the last two centuries of the empire has kind of slowly been steadily rising up, and he didn't really want that. He wanted, you know, a mass strain to kind of just go on a rampage on a on a true proper walk. So mm-hmm. as he's gathering his forces, he actually starts to move into the mountains of Morn because it's it's free real estate, honestly. So as uh, Orc Iron Skull is moving in, he actually begins invading the mountains as you would expect, as you would expect, and he actually begins fighting the ogre tribes. And in a in an almost twist of irony, very similar to the Sky Titans, all these ogre tribes were di- was were divided and so prone to infighting that a lot of them became isolationists, which meant that every single one of them was very easy pickings for the or- for the black orc tribes, who would uh, jump onto yes, you can see the irony in this, and mm-hmm. the ogres hate 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 the orcs because they're both so very fucking similar. <laughs> It's kind of like the uncanny valley. Yeah. Like both of them love fighting, both of them love eating, and both of them love some loot. So naturally they're gonna compete with each other. <laughs> it's just like 
it's just like uh ah what movies oh it's like the movie tombstone it's like i see a lot of me in you yep i definitely hate you <laughs> no i should also mention that the mountains of Morn, similar to the world's as mountains, have a lot of dwarven holds in them. Okay, correction. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of dwarven holds in them. <laughs> which naturally meant that the dwarven holds are wrecked, and which meant that a lot of the gold and treasure and artifacts that are used to you know decorate those halls are now all across the Ogre Kingdoms, again, which is what those mountains are called now, or what the mountain region is named. Which naturally mm-hmm. means that the ogres want them because you know ogres love uh, uh, orcs love them loot, which is another reason mm-hmm. why they're invading the mountains of Mormon because it's just it's basically a gold mine where you don't have to mine fucking gold. All the yeah, gold's already been mined for you. I was gonna say because uh, we d- we already did the job for you. <laughs> yeah, you did the job for you, and you died to get the ogres plastered drunk when they were done. Mm-hmm. Only only the teetovers, of course. Yes, yes, they only provide a small shot to us. We were, I, if I was eaten by an ogre, would be a a small, a, a mighty, uh, a mighty plaster drunk ogre would be done with me. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure <laughs> if an ogre had you, they had, they would, have, they'd be riding the best warpstone high ever. Oh fuck yeah, they would. <laughs> <laughs> You'd never get off it. <laughs> Love me warpstone, simple as. <laughs> no, it's more like. Got any more of that? Warpstone? Warpstone? Yes, yes. Uh, all right. So <laughs> this is the this is the context for the for the ogiest ogre. For Greece for a greasiest iron tooth, the greasiest fucking ogre. He was to put it aside, he was the last born ogre of his family. And ogres, they are a polyamorous race where basically if you are the tyrant, which his father was, you can basically have as many mates as you want because, you know, similar to biology, the, the females want to be with the biggest, strongest male. So he was the last born of his father's, uh, of his father's children. And he was not content with that. He wanted to be the biggest, the strongest. He wanted to surpass his father. So what he did, he killed his father. He killed all of his siblings threw all their bodies into a massive stew and ate them with the rest of his tribe. Um, uh, uh, mm, mm, okay. <laughs> I don't think we've established that uh, ogres can partake in cannibalism. Oh, what they, they do. They do. So what does an ogre gain from eating itself or its own species? Um, they just get a little bit stronger. They, it's more just the benefits that they get slightly stronger. Mostly okay. fatter, though. They mostly get fatter. Okay, so kind of like uh, this gift that I'm sending you right now. Oh, God, I can't wait to see this. <laughs> You've got mail. I can't stop eating. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I eat because I'm sad. I'm sad because I eat. It's a terrible cycle. <laughs> uh, it doesn't end. I just sent you a picture of what Greasius looks like. <laughs> or a gif, rather. Let's see here. So, what's the difference between him and these other two gifts I sent you? Oh, there Same isn't picture. one. There isn't one? Corporate wants you to find the difference between these two gifts. They're the same gif. Oh, they're both fat <laughs> bastards. <laughs> oh, I love Greasius so much, though. Oh, my goodness. So... Oh. 
So, okay. so the fat bastard greases himself after you know taking control of his of his tribe declares himself over tyrant which again i said only happens once in a blue moon and you know he's like you know what i'm the greasiest what i'm gonna do is i demand every single tribe around me give me all their wealth and all their food or i'm gonna kill them and every single one of them says no naturally because none of them want to you know give give their shit to someone else if only it were that easy. Hey, give me your shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did not work like that. So poor Greasius, he's a little upset. So he's like, you know what? Fuck him. So you know, to prove himself both to all of his rivals and to his people, because you know he can't just. It doesn't set a good example if you can get if someone can say no to you if you're the like if you're the tyrant. So he wants to make an ally. Can you guess what kind of ally? Can you guess who he makes an ally with? Who he makes an ally. with? Um, I don't know. He makes an ally with their longtime and ancient enemy, Grand Cathay. Say what? Hmm. Okay. He travels the Ivory Road and meets with the Iron Dragon, which is one of the uh, Jade Emperor's sons. And he promises that basically his tribe will, will take absolute control over the Ivory Road and then no other tribe will conquer it. And that he will have absolute authority over the protection of any caravans that uh, Grand Cathay sends through. In return, they will, you know, provide support. They'll provide some men. And, you know, the Iron Dragon's like, why should we trust you? Which is where my boy, the fucking greasiest, the fat bastard, drops the sickest fucking one-liner. You ready for this? I'm ready. Okay, for reference again, the Jade Emperor is like Big E. His sons are kind of like the Primarchs. So this little context. Okay. So, so he says to the Iron Dragon, you know why we should make this alliance? Because you and me both have a difficult relationship with our father before he shakes his belly. <laughs> and the Iron Dragon looks at him, serious as fuck face, like as solid stone, unshakably stoic as a fucking stone statue. And all of his soldiers look at him as if like you just insulted the Iron Dragon. And then in the complete, like, silence, he laughs so fucking hard at that line. Like, he laughs so hard that even his own soldiers are, like, taken aback. Because they've never heard the Iron Dragon laugh like that. And he finds it so fucking hilarious and hysterical that that this joke and that this, like, you know, this fat fucking ogre has the audacity to say that full confidence that he's like, you know what? Fucking deal. (laughs) <laughs> the audacity you have a deal and I, the image the image I have in my head is again like I said this like as hard as a stone fucking warrior before just immediately breaking down laughing because like again this ogre has like the audacity to make that joke but also such a funny joke because again the Jade Emperor is like Big E that in the fact that he treats his children like pawns and tools so <laughs> so, it's it makes... like, so it ends up becoming like this gift Oh God! <laughs> You've got mail. <laughs> son of a bitch, I'm in. You son of a bitch, I'm in. That's basically what it is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, naturally, because of this, they agree, and as a, like a sign of you know hospitality, as as proof of their alliance, a grand Cathay and Cal, um, caravan travels to the Ivory Road, 
which is naturally attacked. And Goldtooth, Greasus, uses this to solidify his control because, one, all of his rivals are attacking him at once. But now he has the support of the Cathayan army, and he can cement his, like, control over the Ivory Road. Mm. Which yeah. he does. He just fucking, like, basically it's like, oh, look, a tribe. Boom, you're dead. Oh, look, another tribe. Boom, you're dead. Oh, no, another tribe. Boom, you're dead, too. <laughs> and if this wasn't bad enough, like, again, him defeating the tribes... He then began systematically attack, attacking other tribes to basically force them to submit. In one, this is very similar to like Sigmar's, you know, gathering all the tribes of the Empire Man. They said his are a lot more funnier. Like he climbed the side of a mountain only to then drop and belly flop and crush the tyrants of another tribe. Accidentally on purpose, maybe? No, on purpose. It was full on purpose. He was like, I'm fucking climb this. And <laughs> boom, you're dead. It's <laughs> like, we are his Ah, there he is. Pathetic. <laughs> now, I hope my team of real people are ready. <laughs> I hope my my trained wire fighting team is ready. <laughs> oh. I really imagine him falling through like somersaults in the air <laughs> while like these very clear wires are being suspended from his waist. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, now this solidifies Grusius's hold as the over tyrant, which is right on time because the orcs have conquered um what's called the fire mouth. The fire mouth is the volcano that is near the center of the mountains of Morn. You can actually find it on the map. It's basically a super massive volcano. It's kind of like Yellowstone, where it's just this massive volcano. Ooh. And it's actually seen as a god to the ogres. Like they see it as like their second god. And what I mean by that is that when the meteor impacted the planet, it actually caused a massive amount of volcanoes to erupt, especially this one, which was the biggest volcano. And this volcano mm-hmm. has never stopped spewing lava since the meteor impacted. So the ogres kind of, through some sense of like idiocy, have viewed this, have basically view this um, mountain, this this volcano, as like the bastard child of the Great Ma. Where the Great Ma goes down, as a mouth that goes down, this is a volcano that goes up. So it's it's like it's breathing outwards, whereas the Ma breathes inwards. Mm. Yes. I should also mention that the ogres that live around this uh, mountain, around this volcano, can use fire magic. Ah, uh, fire ogres. Yeah. Um, and by use fire magic, I mean they breathe fire. Ooh. And by so, breathe fire, like... I mean more equivalent to like they vomit fire. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> um. This. So this basically becomes the ogres like strong stronghold. They're basically like, yeah, let's set this fucking like fort up here. It's basically meant to be like, a huge insult. This would be equivalent to like an army invading the Vatican and like and like conquering the Vatican for the most part. Like all the Christian forces would be immediately be insulted. Like, why, how dare you like hold our like site of great ritual and great renown, right? Mm-hmm. So all the ogre tribes that have not like fully aligned to Greasius begin like attacking one on one and all get slaughtered one on one by one because you know they're stupid. And orc yeah. Iron Skull is actually smart because you know he's a black orc, so he's smarter than regular orcs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greasius is like, dang, that's sad. Hey, look at all these tribes that don't have a leader anymore. 
<laughs> my belly. <laughs> Get in line. Took care of that. Took care of that problem real quick. <laughs> Dang, and I thought I had to. Damn, I thought I had to crush more people, but no, did it for me. Thanks. <laughs> did I mean that literally or figuratively? You don't know. <laughs> so you decide. <laughs> this this ends up leading to the battle for the fire breath, which is a massive battle that actually sees the ogres lose. Be- not well, they're losing because the ogres are again smarter. the The orcs are smarter, and they're using the geography to fuck up the ogres and because it's a sacred site the ogres can't go like full hog wild Greasius is like fuck this fuck all your beliefs fuck all my war council who say that we shouldn't do these things fuck all you guys we're fucking going full on we're gonna just fucking storm these guys and we're gonna take them the fuck out (laughs) so they attack as you'd expect and it's really fucking brutal and really fucking intense and it's actually and Greasius notices something in the middle of this fight like again, he's fucking fat. He's being carried on his palatine. He's swinging his mace on the side, you know, doing that bullshit. But he knows mm-hmm. something in the middle of battle, and that's if this war doesn't end like now, the war will never end until both sides are completely wiped out. Which you might say is a good thing, right? Like, yeah, fuck those ogres, fuck those orcs, both let both of them die. I say fuck you, and I say fuck you because Greasius is the best, and I refuse to live in a world without him. <laughs> so Greasius seeing all this fight it's it's equivalent to like the orcs and the Tyrannids in 40k where like these two sides will just fight forever until like one of them is eventually possibly destroyed mm-hmm. so Greasius is like you know what no so he gets off his palantine he walks through the fight this big lumbering fat ogre and he gets a smack an orc side and side and there he sees it Orc Iron Skull, Iron Skull, who is little more than like an ant to this fucking fat ogre. Like he's, you know, he's a, he's an orc. He's big, but you're not, <laughs> you're not fucking ogre big. <laughs> and this oak, and this orc is, and uh, Orc Iron Skull, he's fucking ready to go. He swings both of his axes in right into his belly, like right into both sides of his, right into both sides of his hips, like right into his belly to take him in, and they get caught in his fat. <laughs> <laughs> They get caught in Greasius is rolls. <laughs> At which point, Greasius grabs him by his shoulders and starts squeezing and pushing and crushing. And he doesn't stop. He holds him for minutes into hours, just squeezing the life out of Work Iron's skull until there is literally nothing. His bones are broken. His organs are Shattered, all the blood, all the visceral, all the muscle is nothing but wet paste in his hands. And this, children, is why you do not accept bear hugs from Jabba the Gut. <laughs> now, after seeing the war boss die, a lot of orcs naturally scatter. A lot of them keep fighting. You know, you know the the the, the casual orc shtick. But um, at this point, they are kind of surrounded by ogres on a volcano. And uh, they quickly became deep fried orc really fucking fast. <laughs> it doesn't help that the volcano had like a you know a, a, you know a minor a minor shake and a minor crack here and there, which led a lot of ogres to believe that Greasius was like prophesized in some way. He's the one. <laughs> he is the fattest of us all. He was an ogre that was such an ogre he became a god. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he was the o god. More like the o god. 
<laughs> and naturally, to celebrate his victory, uh, the ogres died on orc flesh. Mm. So, you know, that's fine, guys. If any of our listeners hear crunching in the background, me talking about uh, the ogres made me hungry, so I'm going to grab chips fast. Yes, and where were these chips made from? Um, Probably not Skaven. Mm. Honestly, they taste really fucking good. If anything, they made me, half- they made me made of halflings. <laughs> uh, so that's what happens to our little uh, tavern winches. <laughs> <sighs> so oh, better put out a better put out a want ad again. <laughs> so that this is how Grecius becomes the new over tyrant of the over kingdoms, and you know he becomes a king who rules for you know a good hundred couple a couple hundred years up until the present day, and then you have the end times, which we're gonna skip. Uh, we're going to take the end times, and everything that happens to the ogres in the end times, we're going to roll into a nice little ball. We're going to crush that ball, put it on the floor. Like greasiest bear hugs. And sweep it under the rug. <laughs> and ignore it. Okay, cool. then. Tell us you hate the end times without telling us you hate the end times. Well, I don't hate the end times. I just don't like the end times. <laughs> What's the difference? There is no difference. <laughs> Spot the difference. <laughs> They're the same picture. Purple wants you to find the difference between these two pictures. <laughs> look, I won't get into it, okay? Maybe one day I will, but I want look, they do the ogres dirty, okay? That's all I'm gonna say. Okay, well let's not talk about how they did the ogres dirty. Now clearly I've looked at GW's website and they, they have a few ogre models for Age of Sigmar. So let's talk about something else. Like, how do they fit in the Age of Sigmar? Um, well, I should probably stop eating because it's actually really fucking gross. Um, and I dare Sigmar, you to keep ogres, eating while you're talking um, about this. The ogres, I believe, are called the Sons of Behemoth now. And in their lore, Behemoth is the, I guess, the Zeus equivalent. Basically, they were in Age of Sigmar. The ogres are the, to basically transition as much from, oh, yeah, to transition as much from fantasy as it is possible. Imagine if the ogres were the descendants of the sky. Okay. It looks like we are experiencing technical difficulties, dear listeners. Give us just one moment and we will clear it right up. Sorry about the technical difficulties, everyone. Uh, we uh, had our bartender decide to create the spare rib combo that Jack taught us to do, and uh, Ray was choking on it. So I had to get a team in here to do a Heimlich on it. I'm good. I can still eat my chips. <clears throat> Those are really good chips. All right. Where was I? Hang on. Let me just... Uh... This is coming out of your Warpstone paycheck. <sighs> Please, don't take my Warpstone. I will give it to our bouncers. Ooh, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's better. Maybe they'll find a better use for it. Like putting it in snap rifles and shooting it at people. <laughs> hey, it's a good way to get rid of the Space Marine fans that we angered. Ah, uh, oh yes. Back to the superior Space Marines. Oh, wait, no, we're talking about the Age of Sigmar. Back to the inferior ogres, because they don't have Greasius in them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, any universe without Greasius is infinitely less entertaining without him. Well, what happens to Greer, or does this involve the end times that you don't want to talk yes. about? It involves the end times. I don't want to talk about it, okay? Okay, then. I think I touched a nerve there, everybody. Look, it's just really disappointing, okay? It really upsets me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so let's talk about inferior ogres from Age of Sigmar. <laughs> okay, look, I am, I have, I have, I'm, I'm more respectable of towards Age of Sigmar. Okay, so let me just wipe these tears out of my face. Pour one out for the homeboy. Pour one out for the fat slob that was. Hey, bartender, pour us a big one. Any kind you got, whatever this elf will take. All right, so. Bridge Sigmar, the Sons of Behemoth, which is their equivalent of uh, giants, um, or rather their, their equivalent of ogres, anyway, are the are basically the son or the children of um, I don't want to say children, that's incorrect. Basically, they were Sky Titans in Age of Sigmar, and these Sky Titans ate rocks, and one of those rocks turns out was alive and became a uh, giant, and this giant climbs his way out of the Sky Titan's mouth. Makes him throw up, and then when it throws up, all those rocks come to life as more giants, and then it ends up killing the Sky Titan, and then I believe turns its bones into something else to make the world, and then this one giant is Bahamut, and all of the other stones that come out identify as his sons, and that is why there are more giants in the world. And if you're going to be very confused as to what the fuck I'm saying, don't worry because they have no idea what their origin story is either. You smell that, Ray? I smell GW plagiarizing Norse mythology and Greek mythology at the same time. Oh, a million percent. That is a million percent what it is. Like, it is not even fucking subtle with the fucking eating stones and fucking giants and vomit and shit. No, that is 100% fucking... (laughs) plagiarism on the highest regards and then using a giant's body to create the world come on gw <laughs> okay here's another here's another sidebar as I, I i get what you're saying with warhammer fantasy not selling well especially compared to 40k but it just seems like anything any kind of discussion towards age of sigmar it just seems like there is nothing nothing but complaints or am i just listening to too many veterans that just don't like the new stuff. Okay, I don't mind Age of Sigmar. There are things about Age of Sigmar I fucking love. Like, I honestly love the Stormcast Eternals in concept. And I like I like the eight realms of the eight realms that is the universe. But there are things I don't like about it. We can get, we can get, touch a topic about on, on Age of Sigmar and what I don't like about it, what I love about it. Like, for me, the valleys and the mountains are very, very different. Like, what I don't like about it is very steep, very down. But the things I love about it are very high. Like, if that makes sense. So it's just like enough of the highs of what you like is enough to counterbalance what you hate about it? More or less, yeah. Like, like I don't like, like, there's some, like, for example, me describing the Sons of Bahamut origin is fucking, like, just random and, like, me sound like I'm on LSD plus Warp Stone. But it makes sense in universe why they would why they would believe such a such a origin story because like they're ogres, they're giants, they're stupid. They don't really have much thought process behind it. And at the end of the day, they're giants. Like, what do you like? What do you expect from big lumbering idiots for an origin story? Like, you're playing a faction of you know homeless giants. Like, what? Like, I I can get behind that in concept in principle. Like, it's almost something where it's like. Them having a, a bullshit, stupid origin story is almost more entertaining. What was this? How does the saying go? Better a bad origin story than a bland one. That would be a good way to put it. Yeah, but I am also I am looking at like 
uh, what is the Caharadon, Caharadron overlords, basically your steampunk dwarves, and they look pretty sick. Them I'm not too familiar, if I'm going to be totally honest. I was just doing a random search of like their Age of Sigmar line just to see what's different from like what we've been discussing between fantasy and uh, apparently they're, they're part of the uh, they're not part of the cities. They're part of the I I am just completely lost with these grand alliances. Grand Grand Alliance of Order, the Kahard drawn overlords. They're basically steampunk dwarves, and they um, have like flying fly, flying blimp pirate ships. That's so. For the for the blimp part, there are there's an there's a dwarf in Warhammer Fantasy who makes um, a zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Um, so that must no be where these th- that must be where these come from. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, but for the Grand Alliance, Grand Order, Chaos, all those things, it's basically like a D and D alignment chart where if it's order, you're orderly, you're lawful. If it's chaos, you're inside of chaos. And then there's death and destruction, I believe, or destruction and death are the yeah. same. But those are basically like death is basically the absence. You don't you don't want any you don't want either side to succeed. And destruction, I believe, is you want perpetual chaos. So you want all the sides to perpetually be in combat. I believe. I don't fully understand why they're lumped up so in that then, way. So then, how does that differentiate between just ca- vanilla chaos? Like uh, chaos wants to win. Chaos wants to conquer everything. Uh, order wants everything to be stable. Destruction wants everything to be destroyed slash in perpetual like anarchy, and then death wants nothing to exist except itself. Okay, then. Yes. See again, this is just all seems very bland. Like, I I I wouldn't say bland. I mean, there is some creativity to like the Stormcast Eternals, even though they are totally Sigmarines. Fight me on that. Um, but it just yeah, I don't know, it just seems it just seems very disjointed like gw is trying to overcorrect and distance themselves from fantasy as much as possible but it's just then like they're going way out of the field to to do it which just in some instances it does work i'll give them credit but for it seems like for a lot of instances too just it just it it's just like what they made the elves kind of cool but they also ruined them in a lot of ways they made the dwarves bland and boring and the point that the fire slayers are Basically, people ca- are basically dwarves cosplaying Godric Gunnarsson. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that looking at their line. It's just like a whole army of Godric Gunnarssons. Actually, here's here's his model actually looks pretty cool. I don't know. Death is kind of cool. Order is that fine, hasn't... but like most of those, like most of like the human empire, like you don't really care about because like there's no empire, there's no Bretonia, there's no big, there's no like a lot, there's no long saying faction for you to draw your attention to there's no empire so to speak for you to be invested in mm-hmm. so like and i'm told that malekith actually makes it to uh makes it into age of sigmar or unless i'm being lied to but i can't find a mini of him yeah anywhere. He, he gets a legally distinct name he gets a legally distinct name change to what um, uh, mal it's it's basically similar it's mal gore Malgath. Something along those lines, but I know it looks fucking sweet because he has like a dragon and shit. You're gonna have to tell me where to find that. I've been looking all over for his many. Uh Malarion, I believe is his name, and he is a dragon guy. Um, and if you wanna be completely honest, he is both cooler and less cool in Age of Sigmar. 
How does that work? Um, we'll get to him when we get to him. We'll probably have an episode on him when we do. But right now, this is the Ogre episode, and I don't want to... Even though technically we did have an episode on him anyways. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. The Malekith episode will be a, a glorious, beautiful episode where I will talk about him, and I will insult Marathi, because fuck that bitch. <laughs> and the fact she's not a mount option <laughs> in Total Warhammer. <laughs> okay, look, that's disappointing in of itself, but her outfit in that game is fucking ridiculous, and I fucking hate it. <laughs> okay, ogres. Look, the ogres can pull off looking good naked. Marathi cannot. <laughs> Which is weird because she is a elven woman. You would imagine she looks good naked, but no, she just looks not appealing to me at all. But you give me a big pumpkin chunk fat ogre with his big belly, and I'm just like, you know, man, you good. You good man. I respect you. <laughs> You do you, bro. You do you. You do you. And he's just like, I do me. And he just <laughs> shakes his belly. You're just like, good man. You tell Grease as I said hello. And he's like, I will. And here's, you know. That should be his name. You just made a friend that day. Also, in case anyone's wondering, anyone who, who joined the Patreon when this episode drops, in my notes, it literally says, don't ask about where where he is. Don't ask about Grease sister in the end times. Seriously, don't. Like, seriously, I'm telling you, you don't want to know. I've already asked him that twice now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, to make myself happy, we're going to go over the fun parts of the ogres. You know, their society, their culture, the, the great, proud traditions that the ogres have, you know, that transcend societal boundaries, that transcends time, if you will. And that is three simple words. Strength size, and gut. Uh, the original five levels are big, healthy, husky, fluffy, and damn! People ask, what could be bigger than damn? <laughs> you see, much like the ogre, just like the orcs in 40k and in fantasy, the bigger you are, the more important you are in the hierarchy. But unlike the pathetic virgin orcs who have to build their confidence, who have to beat their enemies to get stronger, the ogres... In all their manly chadness, this determine their strength by how much they can eat. Because whoever has the biggest belly is the winner and the tyrant of the tribe. Yeah. Yeah, they sound like my kind of people. <laughs> <sighs> Literally, it like I cannot express how much their like stomach, their actual like gut and their fat is actually important to society, which sounds hilarious. But when you remember that, like, every single ogre has, like, an instinctual fear of, like, the maw of that fucking, like, mouth in the fucking ground. Like, it kind of makes sense why they feel like they constantly need to cut, why they have, like, an obsession with their stomach. Like, right down to the point that, like, one of the one of the most important things about ogre culture is actually their gut belt. Like, you might the gut belt is basically imagine a shield like a fucking like round shield that a knight might wear, and that's basically like their belt plate, and they put that on top of their like gut to protect their stomach. And the reason why is because you know obviously it's where all their vital organs are naturally, and also where they <laughs> keep their food. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a true test of age. Are you familiar with any of the Donkey Kong games? Uh, I believe. Not all of them. I played one of them when I was younger on the GameCube. Okay. Are you familiar with their villain, King K. Rule? 
Yes. In the original Donkey Kong Country games for the Super Nintendo, keep your old jokes to yourself, King K. Rule is a very obese crocodile, but he's always depicted with, I kid you not, a gold-plated belly. That's mm. what this is making me think of. Let me see if I can find a picture for you, just for reference. I'm aware of King K. Rule, but I would like the picture just for reference in general. But Oh, yeah. But yeah, to like further, um, for example, this gut belly sets shield. On their, on their stomach, but it protects our gut. But something that makes it extra important and like a really big thing in ogre society is the ogres will actually decorate this, this this gut plate in the shape of the maw. And you might notice on some of their um, pictures that I sent, you know, they actually have this, they have a series of like studs around the shield that look almost like teeth. And this is basically meant to symbolize like the teeth of the maw. Like this, like they basically have the maw on their stomach to basically embody the fact that like they are feed as they're feeding themselves, they're feeding the maw. But also a big thing of their society is they will actually draw their their specific tribal um, markings on the plate as like a badge of honor. Hmm. The gut plate isn't just a piece of armor; it's like an actual like symbolic piece of their society. Like it's a very very important piece of their society. It's what it represents, man. <laughs> It is, man. Here is, here, here is a picture of K, King K. Rule. This is from his uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate appearance, but it has the gold-plated belly that I was telling you yeah. about. Yeah, I got you. That makes sense. Now, I can imagine Greasius doing that. Like, him, he's just like, I love gold. <laughs> and then he has a bunch of ogres or like a bunch of like uh, uh, goblins, like uh, goblins pouring like liquid hot gold on his body, similar to like Viserys in Game of Thrones. Except he's not oh, a bitch. So he just fucking takes that gold, like that he gold ta- bath. He, he doesn't just take it. He laughs at it. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, that's good. He just like has his like giant gold. No, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't cover his belly in gold because he couldn't make it bigger. <laughs> he's not going to limit its size. <laughs> Instead of Chuck North facts, it's greasiest facts. <laughs> <laughs> Look, oh, all man. I'm saying is that, is that if Grecius and Sigmar walked into a bar, they could walk out solving all the world's problems. <laughs> <laughs> On the seventh day, Grecius was born. On the eighth day, all the orcs surrendered. <laughs> <laughs> Only Grecius can slam the revolving door. When <laughs> uh, Grecius eats, the universe gets smaller. <laughs> Okay. Greasiest once so, ate once ate uh, all you eat, all you can eat buffet. He was still oh hungry. <laughs> I mean that's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So you know that's that's obviously your that's you know we're joking about Greasiest being fat being obese, but that that is what, how you determine an an ogre's place in society with the biggest ogre being considered the tyrant. Now, if when tyrants rule through, you know, whatever means they will, most are considered like bullies, just, you know, just really assholes that take most of the food for themselves to like sustain their massive weight in their own like lives, as well as keep everyone else oppressed. But let's say you don't like being, you know, bullied around by your, uh, by your tyrant. You decide, you know what? Fuck this guy. I, I don't like him. I don't like that he's, you know, bossing around. He's taking a shit ton of my food. I don't like that. Fuck this guy. So you decide, you know what? I'm going to say no to him. Well, if you refuse a tyrant by any way, that is you challenging them. 
And in American society, challenges are kind of like a normal everyday thing. It's almost like humorous in a way. Because yogurts, despite the fact that they are a very hungry kind of, not hourly malicious race, but they can be considered malicious. They're also very jovial in the fact that they're celebrations. Like, ogres will have big festive parties and shit, and they'll play a lot of, like, games. And I mean these games similar to, like, the, the Scotland tribes of, like, shock put, throwing javelins, you know. They said in this case, instead of throwing, like, shock put, they'll throw boulders. Instead of throwing javelins, they'll throw trees. You know, they're, they're games of sport to the ogres, which, you know, they compete in the game as more just a fun-loving game. But there's one game in the ogre, in the ogre like, uh, sports called um, <laughs> Gut Barging. And, <laughs> okay. well, well, Gut Barging is considered a sport in times of jovial celebration. It's, um, it's considered the most important challenge if you ever challenge your tyrant. So, Gut Barging is very similar to Again, with the fat bastard reference, it's very similar to uh, sumo wrestling. <laughs> so, what happens is that let's say you want to challenge a tyrant, right? You say, No, tyrant, fuck you, I refuse. Now, what happens is that everyone, all the ogres, like stand around, around you, like in a giant ring, and then you and your tyrant stand in this ring. You take all your armor off, you take everything off, you remove your, you remove your belt. You remove your uh, shield plate, which again, as I mentioned in previously, ogre society adores this the shield belt. So you taking this off is considered a sign of like ins- insane vulnerability, mm. because again, all your valuable stuff is in your gut. So <laughs> you your gut the is the valuable plate. stuff. Yeah, and you're basically like dressed to nothing but your loincloth. You're just this these two just obese ogres with nothing but your loincloths on. And then you meet, you step for each other. You stand face to face. You take your hands, and your job is to grab your opponent's, basically your opponent's like fat rolls, your opponent's hips, and the job is to wrestle your opponent down. <laughs> so it's kind of like this gift I just sent you. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> You've got mail. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, all the gifts and all the references tonight, folks. It's basically that's you know these you basically charge your opponent and both of you are grabbing each other's like hips and you basically are like wrestling each other. And the first person to go down loses. The thing is, you might think, oh, this fight must last a little. This might, it might take a couple minutes. No, these can go on for hours, if not like almost leading into days. Like it's just as it's 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 just as much a test of endurance as it is strength. Now, <laughs> that's pretty intense. But here's the thing, though, victory can often be achieved. Through underhanded tactics like spitting or biting your opponent. Oh. <laughs> and again, because ogres oh, spit is venomous and acidic, you can have two ogres that are like spitting each other's face and is like slowly melting each other's face apart. Ugh. Yeah. Leave it the Warhammer to make even sumo wrestling brutal. Oh yeah. It gets worse though. Because as per ogre society, if you lose, you're dead. Because meaning, when, you, meaning you die in the attempt, or they kill you afterwards. Um. Well, let's say, or you're sometimes both. Let's say you're doing this. Let's say you're doing this gut barging with someone, right? And right. you defeat them. You bring them. Like basically, the goal is to bring them down. Basically, your job was to take them down. You brought them down, meaning that they're on the ground and you're on top of them. What happens now? You defeated them. You eat them. You eat them while they're still alive on the ground, <laughs> in front of literally everybody, and everyone is cheering at you. 
they're rooting you on. They're like, yeah, but it's fucking face off, you know. So let's make an amendment to the ogres are like space marines. They're also like Tyranids, bringing out your vorphobia. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Now I should mention that during the sports, like when when gut when gut belching is done as a sport, like as a celebratory activity, like you know, let's say you and your homie are like arguing, you guys are playing with each other, you guys decide, hey, let's gut barge, whatever it is. Sorry, I'm choking on fucking chips here. Let's say you and your buddy decide, let's do some gut barging, right? You and your buddy are doing it, and you defeat him. You don't immediately eat your buddy's face. That isn't that, that's uh, you, the only time you you eat your opponent is when you're challenging the over tyrant or when you're challenging your tyrant. Um, the loser gets eaten. But if it's just like a fair, like it's a fair sporting event, you know, it's more of a game than actual competition for life and death. Then all you do at the end is you take a limb or a digit or something from your opponent. In some cases, they might just chew, they might just chew off your ear. They might chew out your eye. They might chew your finger off. You know. It's it's bad, but it's not you're getting eaten alive bad. Ugh. But now you said they can spit and they can bite. Yes. Right? Yes. So how does how are they not automatically disqualified or mistaken for, hey, you're not supposed to eat him? You can bite, but you cannot swallow is the thing. Or rather you're not supposed to, that doesn't mean you can't. Because you know, they use underhand tactics, which means that, you know, they might bite you and they might like take a chunk off your Shoulder and Wallace kind of like, hey, don't do that. But it's like, are you really going to get in the way of them? Like, this is like no. two Ostriches, like pushing each other to the ground. <laughs> like, they might even try to trip the other with it. And that, you also have the condition, like, what if they try to bite you and they leave and like they leave themselves vulnerable when they're going for the lunge and you just kind of take them out? Mm, that's true. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 a very big part of their society is this gut barging and the whole, like I said, the whole stomach thing and eating is a very big. Big part of their society. <laughs> Emphasis on the big, on <laughs> the chunk. Damn. Um, chunk. I, I should also I should mention like not like the gut like there's gonna be a lot of bad jokes for this episode obviously, but like I should mention that their their love for their gut is so powerful that it literally creates magic. <laughs> <laughs> so is this like is this similar to like the work power of belief or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, maybe. Okay. Um, this is basically the excuse, or the I guess it, I guess not excuse. This is basically explanation for their eating gaining a bonus feature. Like you know, I said they eat a troll, they get bonus regenerative abilities. Yeah, that's basically what this is. So, like, unlike the other races that have to like draw power from the winds of magic, that the pull the currents of magic to use the spells, the ogres. They got the old natural way. Their magic works almost like voodoo. So how? So similar to how you know a, a voodoo doll, you stab things, but you you interact with something, and that creates a magical effect. The ogres are similar, where if they eat something, specifically if it's something symbolic or in some way like unique, it will have some sort of benefit. So these are the equivalent to like spells in a way. Basically, it's whatever you eat gives you like a spell bonus is the reason why they get certain bonuses and eat certain things. So is that where like this whole eye of newt, heart of chicken, like four limb of ox thing comes from? Probably. Yeah. So like one example, and probably the one that I think is the most broken, honestly, is um, if they consume just the blood of, of an enemy, if that enemy is not dead, they get basically um, an almost like bloodlust drive for that specific enemy. Hmm. So, like, 
let's say they're fighting someone, right? And they like shank you, but you don't die. And now they have your blood on their knife and they like lick that blood. Well, now they basically have your scent, your like death on their mind. They almost become like a shark in the water where they want you dead. And they basically almost like, I don't want to say they're stronger or tougher, but it's more like they're more driven to kill you specifically. Yeah, I think the shark, the shark smell and blood is a pretty apt uh, comparison to make. Yeah. Another one, which I think is really fun, is if they consume the bone marrow, like the, if they have the spinal column of, um, of basically a predator beast, specifically a, like a large predator, it, ha- it can't be a herbivore, it has to be a predatory beast. They, and they literally suck the bone marrow out of it like a fucking straw. They basically super. They basically get supercharged, and their strength, their speed, their endurance, and their senses are just magnified. Hmm. So, so you specifically know, the sp- specifically the spine, you say? Uh, specifically, the spinal cord of a predatory beast. It has well, specifically it has to be the bone marrow. So I'm assuming because the spinal cord has so much bone marrow in it, it's the most concentrated amount of it, which is how I imagine it works. Yeah. Yeah. And also would explain why when they can, well, there's other reasons, there's other examples of doing other things, but yeah. So like they suck the bone marrow of the spinal cord and makes them just fucking just strong as all, like it makes them even stronger than they already are. This is where I would say they become even stronger than the space marine in power armor. Mm-hmm. Then you obviously have them eating troll flesh, which gives them a heightened, uh, heightened, scent, heightened uh, healing abilities. Mm-hmm. My favorite one though is if they eat rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Or uh, rocks, wood, or steel, but it's predominantly rocks because rocks are more easy for them to. to they're more. They're more. Um, what's the word? They're more common for them. <laughs> Which okay, mm-hmm. but if they eat, um, if they eat those things specific again, more more commonly rocks, it'll actually temporarily increase their strength, but not as much as it does when they eat, when they eat the spinal cord. But what it will do is it will like harden their flesh to the point that their flesh is basically as hard as stone. Pretty, that's pretty busted. Yeah, it gives them like stone flesh, and then it makes them, you know, we're like eating the eating the, the bone marrow makes them like ten times stronger. I'm I'm just saying a number, for example, eating the stone makes them like just twice as strong. Mm-hmm. But they get the defensive bonus, obviously. Now that sounds all well and good, right? Like it's a, a personal bonus, you know. You eat something, it makes you it makes you stronger. But oh, definitely. it isn't just it doesn't just limit it to you, though. What do you mean? Well. This is where it gets a little okay. I put my chips down because it's disgusting. I need to. I don't want to throw up myself. So, <laughs> if an ogre eats specifically the heart of a large and powerful animal, it has to be both those things. It has to be a large, powerful animal, and they eat the entire thing, but do not allow it to fully digest in their body. If they vomit it up onto someone, um, themselves and whoever they vomit it onto will see an increase in their healing, the recovery of their stamina, and just, like, it basically increases their health overall. Gives them an increase in the vitality, makes them feel younger, makes them just feel better, basically. And this is the person they've thrown up on, correct? Yes, yes. And themselves as well, but mostly the person they throw up on. And then some ogres, mm. and it becomes a skill. Okay, it's a skill I put in the, into into quotation marks for an ogre to be able to get multiple people with its vomit spray. So like you yeah. have like 
Yeah, like you have mm-hmm. like three ogres lined up. You have an ogre in the back. He eats the fucking like heart of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. He just vomits on all three of his friends in front of him. Blech. Why not just cut the? Why not just cut the heart into four pieces and do it that way? Why? Why does it have to be upchuck? <laughs> I'm assuming because it has to be the full heart has to be ingested into one person. Like I believe because it has to be like symbolic in some way. Because it is very much like voodoo in that way. Oh. This mm. is gross. Yeah, it's weird. But also cool. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Just, Who yes. wants to strike from a from the heart of a T-Rex? All right, <laughs> where's Chuck? What's up, <laughs> Chuck? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, there's some more fun ones. Like, there's one where if you eat an enemy, like, Basically, this one's just really weird. I don't know how it really works. But basically, it's if you eat an enemy whole, but in half. Like, if it's, if in a single bite you eat half an enemy, uh, you can basically, like, summon... You can basically, like, cause the ground under their feet to crack open. And basically summon a lesser maw that then eats the bottom half of them. This seems a little... It's. I mean, that's awesome. This seems a little inconsistent with the power scaling here. Oh, a, a billion percent. A billion percent. There's one where if they eat the bones of like a specific creature, another creature will see its bones get crushed similar. Like if I eat like if I eat a human's bones and I look at another human, that human's bones inside their body will break just like the bones that I'm chewing in my mouth. This is some busted level of of magics. <laughs> um my favorite one is that they, I think it's a goblin. I think it's specifically a goblin. But if they eat a goblin's brain. All the goblins who witness an ogre eating the goblin's brain will literally witness all of their worst nightmares. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> so, you know, you're a goblin. You're running on front lines. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go shank that. I'm going to go shank that ogre. And then you just see him eat Ted. And then you see Ted's brain get, like, eaten. And then suddenly all your worst nightmares are, like, being seen in front of your eyes. And then you're really picked up. And then your brain is immediately eaten right after. I can, I can also see, like, a... Uh ogre torture or whatnot has like cages upon cages of goblins lined up facing him. He picks one up, pops off the brain. <laughs> cue, yeah. cue goblin screaming. Where's my hamburger? <laughs> Where's my popsicles? We don't know, we swear. Alright. <laughs> Next goblin it is. <laughs> like some are pretty like some of them are pretty fucking wild when you look at it. You're like, wait a second. Why is that one Summons a giant fisher that eats the person. But this one I only get stronger. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know, blame your god. Yeah, I mean I was gonna say, like, how many like how many different species have we discussed just makes them stronger? Oh, it makes them stronger. It makes them even stronger. It's like Super Saiyan. <laughs> it gets worse each time. And this is a Super Saiyan 4. Hey, Super Saiyan 4 is actually fucking cool. Don't 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 you fucking insult them. Too late. I already did. <laughs> Back in my day, there was only one Super Saiyan. Yeah, fuck them. Super <laughs> Saiyan 4 is the best one, and I refuse to anyone tell me otherwise. Kids these days. <laughs> but you know, that's that's mostly the ogres. There's some of their uh in there's some of their uh units, like you know, their there's soldiers that they fight. There's some stuff on their tribes. 
I can cover some of them, but you know, we don't need to cover them. Mm-hmm. I can maybe make, you know, what's the word? Like an exception for like one or two of them, but otherwise this is mostly where we're going with it. All right. Well then answer me this one question before we wrap things up. It's like who is the I guess what is the prominent tribe, so to speak? Like, you know how the ultramarines are the post boys yeah. for the space marines? Who, that who's would be the, the post boy tribe? tribe? Goldtooth? Yeah, that's Greasius's uh personal tribe. Ah, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, for reference, they control the terror. You, you can actually see them on the map that I sent you. They control the uh the ivory road. Like you can actually see their symbol, I believe. On mm-hmm. let me just find it. Yes. Yes, you should be able to see theirs on the ivory path, I believe. Okay. Um Yes, but yeah, they are the most prominent of them. They're the most prominent and most powerful of the ogre tribes. Okay, then. Cool. Very cool. Yes, yes, yes. They are quite fun, obviously, because they have Greasius as their fucking leader. (laughs) Uh, Uh, May he rest in peace. Don't you fucking say that. (laughs) Um, Easy there, buddy. Look, don't insult, don't insult my boy Greasius, okay? He's he was too good for this world. Did not deserve what happened. I fucking hate the orcs. And I hate Manfred. <laughs> and I, I hate the end times. You know what? You know what? We got enough fucking drink. Hey bartender, get some more ale for this elf. And maybe cook a few extra spare ribs as it's starting to feel the ground shake. Oh. Uh, Ray, did you invite any ogres over by chance? Uh, I don't think so. Well, they're here. A bartender! Cook a lot more of those square ribs! Hello, everyone. We would just like to make a couple shout-outs to our glorious and wonderful Patreon, who are our glorious tavern hosts who join us on our Discord. Um, and they are the noble Slappy, who joins us for the slappiest of comments when he is not uh, high on the uh, elven pipe weed. <laughs> Maybe next time we get him on, he'll say more than 20 words. That's the hope. Indeed. The inbred horse fucker that is uh, the knight blub de Montfort. A glorious man, glorious man, truly. I heard, uh, I heard good Try harder next time when you're chasing them. So, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> Of course, we have to respect uh, the Knight Astronomical, who is a wonderful, glorious man in his own right, who does his own things, and in my opinion, can do no wrong. (laughs) But we also have a new patron to shout out to, and that would be the, I don't know about Honorable, but definitely the Knight of Zinch, Warper. Thank you very much for your patronage. You were all very much appreciated. Happy to have you guys on our Discord. And of course, uh, you guys will see it before this episode goes live, but uh, our patrons will obviously be able to, to decide on the upcoming uh, topics for, for upcoming episodes. So, And of course, get to see our episodes uh, one week early before they launch. So, Exactly. That's the fun part. But not just to these wonderful patrons that we're shouting out, but to every other patron and then everyone on the Discord for making this possible. Again, we're not in this for the money. We just want to create a fun community for folks to hang out and nerd out over Warhammer Fantasy uh, other settings like Destiny, Halo, you name it, we'll probably cover it at some 
So yes, thank does. you to all of you for making this remotely possible and enjoyable for Ray and myself to, you know, to stay up till two, three o'clock in the morning recording. <laughs> yes, and then have Gerald pull out the most sickest, amazing editing of his life and just get some amazing things done in a short period of time. Well, now that I don't have to write intro or outro music for the show anymore, I can just go back to editing episodes once every 12 hours. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, of course, if you guys want to see your name shout out, though, feel free to uh, join our Discord and uh, I can show my wife that this isn't just a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rayway, we're not recording today. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gerald, that's not a proper hello. <laughs> For everyone who knows, you know. For those who don't know, you guys are confused. Uh, stay confused. Stay confused. <laughs> All right. Have a good morning, afternoon, or night, wherever you are, guys. Indeed, everybody. Indeed.